Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Decoding Devs. I am your host Michelle and with me is my co-host, my son Colin. Hello. This is a big episode. Yeah. It's hyped. Not only do I get to use one of my favorite words in the English language, the penultimate episode. It's a good word. Is it such a good word? It is a good word. I remember when in school... I had just learned how to that what that word meant, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That word's cool." It's a really cool <laughs> word, and this is it. Yeah, this is the penultimate episode of Devs. Probably not the penultimate. I can't even nah, say it. episode nah. of Decoding Devs, though. It can't be. We would not be doing people justice, I think, if we shoved everything that we had to say into one about the finale and our summarization. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're gonna. There will be an episode nine of decoding devs just so we can blather on about everything and yeah, not that be hold fine. back. Yeah. That should be good. Okay. But let's get into this one. Yeah. Because there's so much. Indeed. It's Opening hyped. montage is quite different. Mm-hmm. It is pretty different. It is very different than the rest of them. This is the first one I think out of all the montages that there's no main character in the montage, I believe. Hmm. Eh, I don't know about that. I don't think there is a main character. What about that one with all the color faces? That one's really not about a main character. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just talking about this is the first montage where there's no visual representation of any of the main character. It's just like landscapes and oh, there's like I a see, caveman lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's It feels totally different. Very to Shining. Or, uh, 2001, sorry. Okay. So let's start. Um, With all those landscape shots and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to talk about this music because... Yeah, sure. I was... I had such a proud mom moment. Oh. (laughs) Wait, what? When we were watching this. Mm Mm-hmm. And you, oh, yeah. Mr. Music School student, (laughs) knew exactly what this piece of music... Well, can we call it a piece of music? composition let's call it a composition whoa <laughs> you knew exactly what debate. this what this composition was it's yeah. called come out mm-hmm. it was written by a man named steve reich and yep. um colin's gonna talk about what it means musically what i what i take it as meaning okay. musically um but again i was just so impressed that you even knew what this was because i was like okay what the heck is okay this? i'm gonna be i'm gonna be honest i did not know what this piece was at the time but i did know the man and i was like okay yeah this is definitely like big so devs vibes by him yeah oh yeah definitely okay but anyway I knew who this guy um, was he's huge it's called come out and we hear the voice of a man speaking and that man's name is daniel ham and he was involved with the Harlem Six, mm-hmm. um, who were arrested for murder in the weeks following the Little Fruit Stand riot of 1964. He okay. was not one of the six, yeah, but he was um, taken and beaten by the police. And this yep. quote of his um, about this bruise and letting the blood come out, it's he was trying to prove that he had actually received a serious beating. Because mm-hmm. if you, you know, were to cut open a really deep, bad bruise, right? Yeah, the blood would be all coagulated and nasty, yeah. rather than normal blood. Mm. Okay, so that's like the surface of what that 
Yeah, and next. obviously he he's he's reciting the words. The words that you hear repeated repeated is very indicative of like him trying to basically be like, "Yo, man, like I was gonna go to jail if I didn't like do this," you know. So it's got this like very like. I don't know, it's, like, stressful to me. You know what I mean? This whole montage is extremely stressful to me. Um, Okay, so, again, just from the layperson's point of view, this does not sound like music to me. It just sounds like... Don't shake your head. (laughs) It just sounds like vocalizing. Yeah, it's, you know... Like I said... It's a recording, just repeated. That's what it is. When I watched it, I had no clue. So Mm -hmm. why don't you go ahead and why don't you talk about musically what this piece was supposed to represent and how that relates to devs all right i just want to say one more time for purposes of not getting anyone to hate me um what i believe is not correct i just i take that as being my own interpretation of what's put before me just want to let that everyone know that but before that i just want to say that before i get into it so i mean we could talk we could take this from like a lot of different directions i guess a lot of different like sides of the same shape kind of but like essentially how i take it is we have this audio file right this dude just keeps repeating the same line um i i I can't quote the line exactly but y'all know what i'm talking about um he's repeating this line and there's nothing done to it you know it's just like an audio recording what did you say from the 60s this happened in the 60s the riots happened yeah. in 1964. Yeah, so I don't have written down what year this piece was. Oh no, no, no! The piece was probably written in like the 90s or 80s, but the, but the recording, like you could tell, it's kind of got like that tape recorder type of sound to it. Like it's an old recording, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just repeated. There's no effects. There's no layer. It's just it's very scarce, which I think kind of adds to the atmosphere of the montage itself. Actually, this piece is um from 1966. <gasps> oh, oh. Oh, dang. Okay, mm-hmm. so this must have been, like, really recent after it happened then. Yeah, pretty much. That's fascinating. Actually, you know what? That actually that makes a lot of According sense. According to Wikipedia, though, so. Okay, but it would make a lot of sense because we actually, this this is kind of a, a precursor to the, to the discussion. We actually, after I watched this episode of Devs and we looked into the piece a little bit on our own, my music theory class actually talked about it <laughs> in one of our future lecture, like our, our, our um, Zoom meetings, right? So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting how, like, we literally just saw this in devs for the first time, and then we talked about it. Like, that's really coincidental. But um, we also talked about how he wrote this piece for um, impoverished African-American citizens who were, like, living in, you know, um, detention centers and, like, all that. That's kind of like a fundraiser for oh. troubled families, interestingly enough, hmm. um, which is really cool. But musically speaking, again, we have this recording. It's repeating. There's It's obviously not repeating over and over again yet right we get like it's it's stated and then it cuts to silence for a little bit and then it's stated again it cuts to silence for a little bit so now we know okay so this entire piece is just going to consist of this one little like bit of recording audio right mm-hmm. um obviously it's kind of interesting when you look at it from the perspective of how editing works in movies it's like class a classic example is like the west you know western film how like there might be like a duel like two guys standing across each other from the field and like the editing gets faster and faster as it zooms in more and more on mm-hmm. each other on like switching back and forth of the face of the guys and their guns at their size stuff like that so like we we've, we've seen already in film how editing can be used um for the purpose of inc- creating suspense kind of um 
it can be done. I think that this is a perfect example of that in kind of the musicological realm in that it gets faster and faster. The repetitions get faster. They're more proximal to each other. Um, as time goes on, there is, however, like this kind of separation from that piece when we go into that other piece featuring the female voices, I, which we'll talk about a little later, I yeah, think. Yeah, I can but, talk about um, that in a minute. Okay, but anyway, the piece on its own, when you listen to it, uh, could, could I talk about that maybe? Like how it functions aside from devs first? Well, yeah, that's okay, what cool. I'm talking about, how it eventually loses, the, yeah. the come out to show them as... Mm-hmm. so you hear the the full line and then at some point you hear the line again but then once you hear it all you hear is come out to show them come out to show them come out to show them like it keeps repeating over and over again no silence now anymore at all from the rest for the rest of the piece really until the end um and it even shortens after that it go it eventually goes to just show them or just come out sorry um so like over time the editing obviously gets faster and we get these clips that become shorter uh, and at some point, the repetitions start kind of superseding the our ability to perceive what's actually being said. And I think that is the point. So, like, later on in the montage, after we hear these female voices vocalizing, and we there's, like, a cut to showing Lyndon sitting at this, like, weird cement... I don't even know what to call it. A precipice of it's some kind? It's the bottom of the dam. I don't think we knew that at the time, though. He's no. sitting at, like, this this little spot, and then the, the music begins just repeating, come out to show them, come out to show them, right at that edit, which is really cool. Um, but then at that point, then it starts, we kind of start dissociating. The sound kind of starts getting dissociated for us. Does that make sense? It's hard to it's hard to explain. It loses its meaning, and it becomes it loses the meaning, just yeah. sound. Yeah. So. And from my research, well, wait, 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 wait. just... Well, okay. I was just going to say, talk about the phase shifting. Yeah, so before I talk about this phase shifting... Oh, yeah, I guess maybe now is a good time to talk about it. Uh, Essentially, what ends up happening is, again, the meaning of the text does not become necessarily the important thing. What becomes the important thing is the sound and our dissociation of the meaning. That's important. And as we know, this piece... that was the point. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And, and as we know, because of the context of why this piece was written, who was being quoted, and why he was being quoted in the first place, you know, that event uh, that happened to uh, this man being kind of a microcosm of the issue within, you know, the United States about how we know, like, a lot of African Americans get wrongfully accused for things they didn't do, which I think is very interesting when you put it into the perspective of how, like, you know, crying out for help becomes just noise. No one reaches out, you know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. It becomes just a background noise to our to the privilege of the American life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, I, it's very controversial, and I'm not saying I'm not expressing my opinions at all. I'm just saying this is why I think Steve Rice, as a very like um, a very liberal person, would probably have taken that approach um, to that in that understanding. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. So like, we hear him. We hear him obviously talking about like he had to make himself bleed, which is like very gruesome. It's like, oh, geez, like that's horrible. But then you don't even hear that. You just hear kind of, ah, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is pretty beautiful, if I'm being honest. Um, how you could take just like a small sample of audio and make it have such a large meaning, I think is super interesting. And also speaks to that, you know, that the idea of like resistance and reaching out to help and, and, and hearing people's pleas, you know what I mean? Super fascinating to me. I don't know if that checks out for you, but... Um, Mu- well, musically, yeah, that is... Yeah. 
It makes I think it's sense. deep. It's very artistic and very deep. It is very deep. But metaphorical. Let's, in that let's apply why would they why would they choose this for this opening montage? Yeah, so I mean again, I think it's a big component of its use is to build suspense. I really just think that cuz Yeah, but they could have picked. I know. Okay, okay. I know. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. That is slightly think about that. Orally tense. Yeah. They well, could have, they could have composed think, their own music. Okay, I think you need to look at it in the context of this other piece too that's being used, and how they relate to each other, how they don't relate to each other when they're used in the montage. So we see this Steve Reich music being used in kind of the present day plot that we're being shown, right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's when it's used in the edit. Um, well, I don't know because it opens with. But I think that is modern day and though. That was my that was my interpretation of the beginning. That's what I thought. Uh, Do you think I'm totally wrong? Yeah, because I it oh. opens with the the primitive people, doesn't it? But it no, it opens with the shots of the land, and then oh. it kind of goes to this, and then the audio changes. And oh, does it? Okay. Yeah. All right. But honestly, I could be wrong because you have no hints. You really get no hint as to what when those images were ta- are supposed to be I guess it could be yeah you could it could be past or present I yeah those, those um hill scene, those hill scenes mm-hmm. yeah. it's difficult because again like the piece is so minimalist like it could mean so many different things that's the issue okay like, here's what I think it means what what which actually could be the point because many worlds <laughs> many so. different interpretations but here's what I, here is from yeah, someone who didn't some even know what this was the first time I heard it. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to know what my, it is. I decided that it does represent the many worlds because okay, cool. it is a repetition of... The inevitability of it just... The words. Like yeah, The words are repeated over, over and over again oh, to the point saying. where they're overlapping, they're out of sync, they're, which to me alludes to the many worlds because anything could be happening in these other worlds like something similar could be happening Mm. or something completely nuts could be happening Mm. that's very different from what you're experiencing in this world Mm -hmm. having no musical knowledge whatsoever of what this piece was about truly or who even those i didn't know who that i mean it said on the screen daniel hammond i'm like i don't know who that is because i'm bad at history yeah, um, I think it's interesting that they that they put his name. I someone had to do that. Like yeah, I don't think it's that's totally. necessary to understanding the music, you know what I mean? It was very interesting when that name popped up. I was like, "Oh, this is obviously some yeah. note because yeah. that, they wouldn't Cuz we've heard like audio from movies that the characters will be watching on screen that are not quoted, you know what I mean? Right. Like it seems to me that that's a very meticulous um usage there. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a problem if you don't know Steve Reich and, like, his pendulum music and, like, all that. Like, it doesn't matter. But I, I just think the point of it is, I like I said, me personally, we also talk about tram lines, obviously, a lot. And tram lines are linear and quite redundant in that way. Like, it's just kind of, you're on your track. It's already been predetermined. Mm-hmm. Which I actually, okay, we put this in the context of devs, right? We know what is being used as musical material in this piece. You know what I mean by that? Like, we know that that line is just being used over and over and over again to create Mm -hmm. the piece, you know? There's nothing else. There's no pitched material. There's nothing. But as we get further 
through it as the rep- as the repetitions become more out of phase, as you say, like you start hearing different things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It becomes a different picture, is what I'm saying, which is fascinating because we know that it's the same thing. It's just shorter edits. That's it. That's literally all it is, which is fascinating to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to like when you take, like. Just I don't want to talk about physics for too long, but this is relevant because this is a very basic principle, basically. <laughs> but it's when you take, like, a a, a sine wave, you know, mm-hmm. just like a wave of some kind, and you speed it up, mm-hmm. it's, its frequency, you increase it. As you increase it, you start hearing higher frequencies. You know what I mean? Same wave, the exact same wave, it's just it's going faster. That's all it is, okay. um, which is a really interesting, you know, this was written during the time of like technological music being mm-hmm. kind of at the forefront. This is a recording of a recording also, you know, this, yeah. this is like the time of that type of experimentation. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of his inspiration. And that being said, in the context of devs, you could take that a step further and be like, you know, like the classic LSD trip type of vibe where like everything is like vibrating at like the same frequency. It's all the same. But yeah, it's like different, like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like we've been through this before, but it's different. There's change happening. Mm-hmm. Episode eight happens and then boom. You see mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's just kind of like, um, again, it's minimalist music. I don't, I honestly, this is crazy. This is going to sound crazy. I just didn't really honestly listen to that piece and try to interpret it in terms of devs. I just experienced it, I guess, which is why I'm having a hard time interpreting it. Okay. I just think it's super cool. Well, let's cool. put it this way. The visuals cool. that they've given us to represent the many worlds, like Katie walking out of the building, mm-hmm. and there's it's all Katie, but it, there's different versions of her. And even in this episode with Lyndon falling over and over again, that's the visual representation of it, whereas this piece kind of is the aural representation of it. That's what I take mm. away. Can I disagree? You can disagree. Am I allowed? <laughs> okay. But <laughs> okay, I I have I have one issue with that, and my issue is that there. Okay, obviously I don't know why he chose the piece. I don't. We'll never know. But how? I, I just have don't a understand long how that. List of questions for Mr. Alex Garland. Should I ever run into him? <laughs> He's I'm just, gonna be sorry he ran into me because it seems like the use of that piece contradicts the many worlds i don't see how principle I think it's exactly because it's perfect. the same thing just repeated over no, but and over it's again not it's out of sync and eventually it morphs into sounding like something uh, totally different that was kind of my point though is like what happens i don't know if we can talk about it. we can't talk about anything with episode eight yet right no okay what happens <laughs> in episode eight makes sense as to why this piece would be used in episode seven as the montage intro music and contradict the many worlds principle that's all i'm gonna say oh okay well i guess like to me it makes sense if that's actually the reason that they used it was because they wanted to implant this idea of like static like no change like just or i guess that's also many worlds. i don't know it's confusing you see what i mean it's confusing it's minimalist <laughs> it's minimalist dog it's super confusing when you try well, to dissect it perhaps your in-depth knowledge of music is what's confusing maybe it i is. don't have that burden <laughs> yeah that's honestly yeah. i'm just like oh it's it an oral be. representation of the visual mini worlds i get it <laughs> anyway but how does the visual uh, the visuals in the montage how do they serve the music then 
Because we see the montage, we kind of just get these, like, photographic images of, like, the past and the present. Well, okay, let's, can we now talk about the throat singing then? Oh, yeah, sure. That's that's also in this opening montage. Yeah, 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 that's So we have more, um, uh, inner throat singing, and it's the same two ladies, Barbara Akulak and Pauline. Cool. I can't read my own writing. Kayak? Um, anyway, and that's. The, the come out stops and it cuts to inside of a cave mm-hmm. and there's cave primitive people. humans <laughs> sitting around a campfire, a woman at the campfire, like a close up of her staring into the fire, staring into the fire. And, um, it, it, that's when the throat singing is happening. So, I mean, there's a clear you know kind of a relationship there yeah definitely like there's this relationship of you know the present day steve rice repetition uh, recorded audio technological Technological versus versus pure yeah uh, visceral vocal kind of um it sounds analog versus digital just looking at it that way yeah perfect and (laughs) it's it's clear it's a clear relationship but then it cuts to the cave opening, which is a window. Yeah. And there's, through which you can see... A tree. Lots of trees outside. Yeah, it's repre- a cool shot. A constant visual representation of the mini worlds theory in this show is trees. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. I'm, try- I'm trying to honestly remember our uh, <laughs> our metaphors. No, 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 no. Oh. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm trying to keep track of, like... Everything, all these connections oh, we're making. It. See, that's why I take notes. That's what so I, I'm co-host. I'm co-host, man. I'm I'm chilling. Um, but anyway, what was cool is it cuts from that window to definitely present day because there's like the the cave opening window. Yeah, it's like cuts to Katie's car coming out of coming, like this hole between a rock and a tree. Yeah, it's like an also the same shape as so. a window, but it's made up of the road. The hillside, the Ooh. tree, and the tree branches going over it, and through this "quote unquote" opening—it's not really an opening; it's just a visual representation. The negative space linked to the window. Yeah. Katie's car drives through. Yeah, that dude. And around the corner, around uh, the bend. So good. Um, I love that shot, man. That that edit, so crisp, so crisp, man. And the edit. Yeah, it like cuts off the female vocals. Is Arl too? Yeah, back. it cuts to back to come out whereas the third singing was when we were looking at the humans in the cave and then it cuts and it's come out again you know what's interesting though if we're comparing these two pieces right now right i'll call them pieces i guess for sake of conversation but Mm -hmm. if we're comparing the two they are different on the level of like analog versus digital but they are also not different and very similar for certain reasons right repetition repetition very small amount of musical material being used mm-hmm. um female versus male voice mm-hmm. two female versus one male voice mm-hmm. that, that two two versus one in essence um recorded audio of a recording versus recorded audio of live performance which is interesting um the use of tape Versus the use of digital audio interfaces we're hearing as we watch the show itself. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? Like, it's just like, there's so many, like, 
Oh, yeah, but, yeah, sorry, so those are differences, my bad, I'm, I'm all over the place. Similarities, though, include, obviously, a human voice, right? But this idea of repetition, and specifically the idea of, like, the repetition of small ideas, just, like, starting with, eh, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. like, it repeats, but then you hear this other sound, like, mm, just, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's, like, like it's very similar, but it's changing just a little bit. Same with the Steve Reich piece. It's very similar, but it changes. You see what I mean? There's, like... They're both happening at the same time, in essence. Maybe that's where I'm getting at. Okay. That's the many worlds thing that's happening. Okay. I see that, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the same, but our experience is changing as time goes on, which is interesting to me, at least. And even sometimes during the female vocalizing vocalization part, I don't know what the name of the piece is. I, I hate that. I wish I could call it. You know what? I meant to write it down, and I did not. Okay, that's okay, but but everyone knows what I'm we're sure talking about. sure you could easily Google it. They're in, like, a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, mm, tch, mm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it, there's a rhythm to it, but sometimes, like, they'll start layering over each other and breaking the rhythm, and then they'll get, like, right back into rhythm, you know, which is super fascinating, and also a similarity to the Steve Reich piece, because it repeats in time. You know, like you expect it and then it changes all of a sudden and then it just keeps repeating in time and then it changes all of a sudden and keeps repeating until you have a totally different experience in front of you. Um, I don't know, man. It's well, it's very advanced. um, It's very advanced. Metaphor. Really think about what the heck. You got to understand a lot of things in order to pick up on that. And the only reason I've got to pick up on the analog versus digital thing is because I am in two, (laughs) two count them, two college courses about that. Which is interesting, and that's I think that's why I'm picking up on that stuff easily. But okay, well, it it finally cuts to come out um, specifically like big time when we see Lyndon yeah. sitting at the bottom of this dam, and he you can see the reflection in the water, and then it cuts to the title card, but it's still going. The music, no, now it's yeah, the title card the song cuts. Is still going. But now they're layering each other. They're and it's phasing. starting to get very out of phase, and um, and distorted. City. Yeah, you see the city. It's still very even more distorted. distorted. Even more distorted. Every edit. Then Lily's neighborhood, Lily's front stoop, and Pete. Um. And outside of Lily's bedroom, through those dang pocket doors that are never fully open or fully closed. Yeah, <laughs> it drives me crazy. Oh. <gasps> I was wrong. What? And then they, yeah. The female vocals a, happened right at the end. There's a little gasp. Yeah. yeah. Like from the song, yeah. From the piece. And then, Definitely. And then the music completely stops. But that's once we're in Lily's house and we're actually seeing into her bedroom through yeah. the annoyingly half a jar. Why do you hate them? Pocket door. <laughs> I don't hate them. I don't hate them. I know what they're trying to portray with them being half open and half closed most of the time <laughs> but yeah. still like it's like my brother in the in the blinds in the kitchen he just can't stand to have them <laughs> yeah. half open and half shut they have he just has to open the entire door or it drives him crazy classic yeah so funny um anyway um so our first scene with dialogue is Jamie and Lily in bed and i don't know how this got past oh, me is this the... <laughs> for seven episodes is this the bed is this when you realized watching episode seven is when i realized oh, dang dude. her headboard yeah <laughs> looks just like the staticky projection screen in the lab 
Yeah. It's like this. It's exactly this. It's They're like not a fabric, even trying. It's a fabric headboard. It's not like wood. Mm-hmm. It's fabric. And it is literally <laughs> yeah. static. Yeah. 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 Looks like TV static. Looks like the static on the screen. Nuts. It, how? Mm, Seven episodes, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I need to pick up on that. That's pretty awesome. Um, But this conversation. Again, set designer, better with a it, dang award. I man. know everybody should win something for this. Honestly. Anyway, their conversation is freaking adorable. Ooh, adorable. Okay, dude. Whatever, man. You know, they're laying in bed, and of course, it's their, like, they're laying on their sides again. Because no one in devs ever lays on their back. <laughs> Honestly, dude. Oh, Jamie is, though. Oh, he is right now, actually. Right? Yeah. But it, tur- it it starts with them laying on their sides, looking at each other. <laughs> this conversation is actually funny, though. It's hysterical. <laughs> when he starts talking about the dishwasher. Got to be a little bit of comedy mixed in with all this. This is an intense episode. So True. it's cool that they had a little bit of comedy in it. But um, It is cool. He's like, you know, starts, to, what are we going to do? And she's like, no, no, can we just can we just be normal and they start acting like they're in a different version of their own lives by the way yeah is that is that the deal with the cat and the dog and like what they don't have a cat or a dog when no of that. but you know it is comical but it's also like many worlds this you, could be what's have going on in one of their other <laughs> okay iterations. i get it i get it now yeah um but they're talking about you know they're arguing play arguing about emptying the dishwasher and walking the dog and one of them says we have a dog and and I think she says, we don't have a dog. We have a cat. <laughs> yeah. So you walk the cat? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, good. Because the cat's not going to walk itself. <laughs> Classic, dude. <laughs> They're so cute. <laughs> um, but that's like the end of the comedy for the next... It is. It is. But that, you 52 know... 52 minutes? No, there's a, no, no, there's a little bit of comedy right before the heartbreaking moment. The heartbreak. I don't know about that. There's a little bit of comedy coming. Comedy. Yeah, there's but, a little bit. Um, so... Yeah, I like this part. This edit part. to cool. the hallway... In Forrest's house, and he's in the shower. There's a toy on the ground in Amaya's room. You ever notice that on the cut? That's not there oh. normally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did notice that. Actually. That is definitely there for a reason. Okay, okay. It's like a bear or something. I'm confused. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. Imagine that. Watching Devs, I'm confused. Yeah. Is that Amaya's room or is that Forrest's room? Because later on, when Katie walks down the hallway, mm-hmm. she's coming out of Forrest's room and she's coming out of that doorway that we keep seeing. But I thought with there the were guitar. To- oh, maybe. But when you see the inside of Forrest's room later and they, you see details okay. of it, it doesn't seem the floor plan does not seem to work. Okay, so, so I'm confused. I think that, that he changed Amaya's room to be his room. Really? I'm pretty sure because we see her come out of that room in the flashbacks. All right, and we've also seen her room decorated. You know, we've seen the inside of this I room. Know, and it's decorated that's why with her I'm things. Confused. So we need to do a little recap. Why, why could I be wrong? I don't think I could be. Maybe he did do that. We don't Maybe know. Maybe he did. Creepy, that's dog. what I'm saying. I'm confused. We need to do some recon on that. Is okay. that Amaya's room or is that Forrest's room? Unclear. More okay, I would bet it's a Maya's, but anyway. Um. So anyway, Forrest is in the shower. His eyes are closed. He's very still. He's yeah. clearly we're getting a we got some good music. We're too. getting a you know water allegory here with this is the day. Like this is it. Yeah. This it is, is the day where they are going to finally. It's the reckoning day, basically. Yep. Baptism, um, boy. Okay, so then it cuts to Katie in Forrest's bedroom. 
And holy cow, they have purchased every type okay. of fabric and, yeah, and piece of furniture with a diamond on it that they could possibly find in Southern California. I'm going to just Northern let you California. go off. There's a wall hanging on the wall full of diamonds. The bedspread, the pillowcases, diamonds. <laughs> the wood furniture, if you close up on it. Yep. It's diamonds. Okay. Big diamonds. We got a lot of diamonds. Okay, next. And in his living room, too tons of diamonds like every throw pillow is yeah. got diamonds on it i'm not even kidding she's about to sit down in a chair guess what the chair is covered with? okay what is your point diamonds <laughs> well you keep pointing this out to me and i still have yet to hear once what your point is <laughs> so if you don't have a point let's move on um, oh yeah this part's cool okay my point is my point is diamonds i feel like i have not researched this fully they're symmetrical they are symmetrical they are mirrors of each other. They are like mirrors of yeah. two triangles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're symmetrical. So, and a symbol of power. Triangles are some are symbolic of power. So okay. Interesting. If you have two tri- symmetrical triangles, butt to butt, <laughs> yeah. you get a diamond. Okay, are you sure the... What? Okay, so hear me out. Could they just be like... like turned squares rather than diamonds those diamonds on the wall hanging yeah okay but there are actually the like on diamonds the okay okay i can't no. i can't see it too well so but that is a good point because we hear later boxes and boxes and boxes yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. that could be it too i don't know all i'm saying is this is not accidental this was a very purposeful design choice yeah definitely definitely to use it's weird, like not maybe, squares, like, but diamonds. Okay, yeah. So maybe that just means it's a it's a square, but you know, slightly wonky square turned on it. Could be, yeah. Turned on its point. Either way, not an accident. Okay, yeah, I know. Okay, so my, enough with my being obsessed about diamonds. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Katie's cool. getting dressed to leave after their little sleepover, and she looks over. And she sees in her mind's eye, I would assume, many iterations of Amaya. Yeah, dope. In the bedroom, um, Amaya's mom and Amaya on the bed reading what? Still, the very hungry caterpillar. Uh, Yeah, true. I didn't notice that. Sick. You know, I just... This was the moment where I was like, oh, poor Katie. Yeah, honestly, dude. I feel bad for her. <laughs> she's just being tugged along you here. Just, you can't. <laughs> she's, she knows what's coming. She, like, she knows. Yeah, it's kind of weird. She will never live up. It's real love, though. You know what I she mean? She does love him, I think, but she's just never going to com- be able to compete, I guess, with the memory like, yeah. What, look what this man has done just to be reunited with his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, true. 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 Can't compete. I just feel bad about. I, sorry, but I feel bad for her. Um. Yeah, but that, I like this scene. I think so, it's cool. So there's Amaya reading by herself. There's Amaya, another Amaya at the window. Mm-hmm. Another Amaya running in to get her doll. Yep. And, um, then we see Katie, and she's slightly smiling. Um. As she watches all of this going on. Um, then we go to see Forrest in the shower again, who he's I guess thinking, he's thinking about, he's thinking about the accident again. Mm-hmm. And we see in more detail this time that we see it from his wife. Who's 
name is Leanne. We finally get her name. Uh, yeah, true. Not that anyone cares about Leanne. No one cares. <laughs> That's fine. We all care about Amaya so much, but what about Leanne? <laughs> um, anyway, Leanne is getting irritated with him talking on the phone in the car. Like, mm-hmm. It's also an alternate reality, distracting though. Her. It's an alternate reality. It is, because but Because also... the conversation carries on past the point of him saying, we can discuss it now, where in his reality, that was the moment when she got hit by the car. Well, does he say anything else, though? Nope. The moment he says, or we can discuss it now, boom. There's a car crash. I, I know it like the back of my head. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, and then she was distracted, too, by looking in the rearview mirror at Amaya in the back seat. Um, so then we see poor Forrest's reaction to the accident again. Dude, so good. Um, and that is cool because the edit. he's walking down the street. All these edits, bro. We're getting some crisp yeah, edits in this crisp. one, dude. And it cuts, him walking down the street cuts to Katie walking down his hallway. Mm-hmm. about to leave his house yeah um okay and you're right there is a toy on the floor yeah See, that's the that's the bedroom that's what i'm talking know, about though She's man walking i don't out know. of that room oh that <gasps> was forced room you're right you're right you're right into all right Amaya's all right room. all right you're right you're right so i'm so confused you're right no you're right no you're right all right i know you're right now okay oh, wait, wait, wait. okay okay yeah so that is his room it's was there a toy though. sitting on the floor it doesn't well i mean it's we're seeing a mini world right oh. now where she's still in there. Oh, man. See, I, I'm just confused. I'm just... Oh. Okay, and then suddenly <laughs> this turns legit into 2001 Space Odyssey. No. You, no cap. Didn't we just laugh hysterically when I was we like, saw this? All right. They, they're they selling out now. <laughs> oh, my God, because it's like planet Earth from space and you see the moon. Um, this is dope, man. So all the devs employees are sitting in the projection room. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This this part's Watching. cool. Watching. Well, you totally skipped. The- Hold on, slow down. What? So this part, there's there's like this cool score in the background where it's like breathing. That's it. It's that just breathing. Throughout this whole episode. I think this is the first time we hear it. Though. I know, but it's like creepy. It it's does cool. happen. It's a lot. 2001, man. It is. All the breathing in 2001. You can't tell me that's not a coincidence, dude. It's not a coincidence, dude. It's so funny. Like the whole part <laughs> when Hal's getting turned off, and like that's all you hear. Yeah. So yep. cool. Um. So they're watching. They've gone back a billion years. They're basically watching the birth of. And you look, you see Earth, and you can tell like it's Pangea or whatever. Yeah, there's it's no, like it's new looking. There's no normal landmass like we see when we look at Earth anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. So they, they're all in there, Stuart's in there, and all the, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of unnamed employees, and they're all watching this, and um, one of them says, why don't I feel good about this? And Stuart, <laughs> I have a bad feeling about this. I have this. a bad feeling about this. And Stuart, Mr. Consciousness of, of the show. Oh, yeah, this is when he becomes, like, all of a sudden... The dude standing at the entrance of the underworld being like, thou shall not enter this domain. Yeah. And like, like, like what? He just becomes like this all-knowing being, it he seems, does. all of a sudden. He does, and I love every second of it. It's cool. I love that character, and I love that actor, and I'll watch him in anything from now on forever. Yeah, he's dope. Um, but he says, that would be your unconscious mind speaking to you. And what it's saying is, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the, I kind of wrote down most of his whole monologue because a few hours ago we were in a reality and yeah. we were working on a sim and now we're pretty much, we've pretty much traded. That's the reality right there. 
looking at the screen. It's not even a clone of reality. The box contains everything. And someone like, says, <laughs> doesn't contain us. <laughs> and Stuart. Oh, yeah. Is this when he like changes he the screen? He does a one second there. projection into the future. Yeah. And messes everybody up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they yeah. all start freaking out. And he says, the box contains us. The box contains everything. And inside the box, there's another box. Ad infinite. I can't ever say this word. Ad. Ad. Infinitum. Ad Infinitum. nauseum. Infinitum? Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> so that scene is amazing. Yeah, he- so like, I just imagine acting that out. It's so complex. Here's the thing about this show that I think is crazy. I think... I don't know if these actors truly understand the context and the con- like the concept of the show and how complicated it is, but if they do, and they're supposed to be expected to kind of like project their understanding into their work, that sounds really scary and daunting and intense. Yeah, I would to like you? to know if they were given the big picture yeah, or man. if they were just given, here's your pages. Just like, yeah, just like everything here's else. Here's kind of what's going on in the scene. Yeah, I guess. I but g- dang, dude. You know. Also, more diamonds, by the way, around the room. Diamonds are in that room, and also just giant squares everywhere. Yeah. Um, the whole place is it's a cube. Oh, what did he say? Oh, yeah, he's like, we, we've pretty much traded. What does that mean? That... That the sim works them now? Yes. Okay, cool. That's what, the sim That's has become the simmed. Okay. Um, okay, so after that amazing scene, cut back to Forrest and Katie. Um... Looking very uncomfortable at the time, <laughs> she says, or one of them says, hey, and the other one says, yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is, they know what's happening today. Like, they know, they just really mm-hmm. have nothing to say because they know exactly how this day is going to play out, or they think they do anyway. Um, so she says, I think I'll go. And he says, I know. We both <laughs> so know stupid, man. this particular day inside and out. Yeah. And um, peep the primitive art hanging on his wall that looks hella like um, the cave paintings we're going to see in a little bit mm-hmm. that he's talked about before. We've seen him before in other montages. Mm-hmm. And he has another one. He has a kind of a matching piece of art in his bedroom. Oh, really? oh, yeah, he does, doesn't he? It's not matching, but it's clearly like the same artist, the same type of The art theory is weird, man. The art theory in is this super, show. <laughs> super weird. Still have not figured out what that painting is. Or that one. In Oh, I didn't even try the to one look at that one wall? because that one just to me means... The primitive. It's a, it's a... Yeah, it's like a shout out to the cave paintings and mm. um, it's a broken circle if you can look at it oh yeah how he says they're all connected all these yeah arms or whatever and then except for there's an opening there true true just like the d in the devs okay (laughs) it's complicated but broken circle so anyway it is it is very very completely unaffected as katie's leaving forrest says (laughs) don't forget linden's in your car there's that whole thing so funny dude. very unemotionally Yep. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she goes out to her car. Sure enough, Lyndon's in the back seat, high, uh, sleeping. He's yeah, what the? Asleep. <laughs> um, but he, he, she's looking at him in her rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole, I got such a confession vibe from this whole scene. 
Yeah, like this is like a, the the penance. Like it's or, like uh, a priest a confessional. and a person yeah, yeah, yeah. in For a sure. confessional sort For of. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just got that vibe from it. Like Lyndon's looking right at her. She is not looking at him. She's looking straight ahead, only looking at him in her rear view. Oh, her reflection. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, she basically wants to talk to her about her uh, intervening on her behalf to talk to Forrest about letting her back. Mm-hmm. Letting him back into Devs. Um, so he's like, "We, I know you got to get to work. Let's just go drive. And the dam's on the way. We can stop there and talk. Because, you know, right. that's where people stop to talk. Mm-hmm. A dam. Yeah, I was actually just about to say. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Literally, like, coffee shop you can stop at? <laughs> you have to go to a dam. She sa- he, sa- he does say it's on the way to work, though. I know, but I just thought it was funny. Like, okay, we have to stop at a dam. This is my favorite party episode, though, coming up here. Pete. Yeah. Getting his jam on. Dude, he's grooving, though. <laughs> he is grooving. <laughs> Which, grooving. okay, I know this is maybe a stretch, but we have music being played, right? Electric guitar, mm-hmm. microphone. These two devices are literal... They they are conduits, man. Like, they're like the thing... They take an analog process, a manual process, and they change it into an electrical sound. So I think I read... Which is cool. On reddit or something that this guy is just a dude that plays music in the park the an actual dude who plays yeah. music. Oh, and sick. they were like can we put you know can we film you for the show we're doing and then they just had that actor do what he wanted to do dancing <laughs> um because yeah so he's an actual guy that you can probably wow. go find if you find that park that's super that dope that's really cool. In San Francisco. But I'm I'm just guessing, you know, we this so this is the second time in this episode we've seen Pete. So we've seen him twice now, just mm-hmm. alone, just chilling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um But I don't know. Is my reach about like the turning the analog to electric Maybe. like kind of in tandem with what I don't know. I, I it's only in tandem because, with what I was saying earlier. Only but. because I know that they just picked a musician in the park. They okay, didn't, yeah. like, hire him or anything. Okay, but why though? <laughs> why? What is the purpose of this? I guess is my question for you. What is the purpose of the dancing and the song? Yeah, like everything has a purpose in the show. I guess. Yeah, you could be right. Like that's what they purposely looked for an electric guitar. It could have been a coo- first. Yeah, first is first. The acoustic. fact that they looked for someone who has a microphone and playing electric guitar in a park—that's not usually the case. That's I'm speaking true. off of pure intellect right now because, like, Chicago. You don't see that. No, you don't see electric it's all things. Acoustic. Yeah. That's true. Seems a little odd, it I guess, in the context odd. of the scenery and I don't know. But it's just me. Let's enjoy Pete's moves. Yeah. His moves are pretty sweet. And he's doing like <laughs> So like he's doing like weird moves. He also does like robot moves. He does moves. a wave. He does a robot. robot right there, right there, right yep, there. Yep, yep, yep. He does a wave and a robot. And then we cut to Lily. Hey, looking out the window. I really want to go I'm annoyed. through. <laughs> I really want to go through and count. This is this will be well, one of our wrap up things. That would be um Devs by the numbers. How I many times know. does Lily look out a window? Oh. How many diamonds are there in, <laughs> in Forrest's house? Ooh. How many cuts to seemingly meaningless trees are there? Oh like, dude. So many. So many. How many tram lines? How many streets? cityscape shots there How are? Many cityscapes? <laughs> so, so many. But uh, you know, she said she so she says in this next scene, she's like, "Are we leaving normality?" Yeah, they're they're leaving. He's like, yeah. <laughs> they're fun talk about having emptying dishwashers because they really need to talk about what the heck they're gonna do. Yeah. 
Um, so she tells him more in more detail. She sits down up, you know, with the with the windows all in the, behind her, telling it's Jamie. Very backlit and gross looking. It's very backlit still. She's always so backlit. Mm-hmm. Um, telling him that they have reduced everything to nothing, nothing but code, and they believe everything is computational. They've cracked the encryption key to compute it. Everything is pack- unpackable and packable, reverse engineerable, predictable, stars, planets, dust, us, me. Mm-hmm. And cool. Jamie Boom. comments, they have too much power, these people that run these companies, tech companies, and they think they're messiahs. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Classic. In case you weren't paying attention. In case you thought we were crazy. <laughs> In case you thought we were crazy, we got the name drop, the mic drop of all mic drops. We literally use the word Messiah. Yeah. And, which is interesting because he's claiming Forrest thinks he's the Messiah. And I think, you know, as the show has gone on, it kind of has been disproven that he thinks he's the Messiah. He's just the entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, but she she has only seen what Forrest is doing. She doesn't understand. I know, I know. You know. And he's commenting on, well, he's the boss. He must be the one in charge. So he's the one with the big God complex. And right. it's also very interesting that he's saying that to her. Yeah. Um. And we'll talk about that in episode eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but she basically tells him, <laughs> they think that <laughs> I'm... Just... Sorry, I just thought of something funny, but what? go on. I was just going to say, he says they think there's some type of, there's some kind of messiah or something like that. And I just got to say, what does Alex Garland have against tech companies, man? <laughs> like, I don't know. This he's seems like a huge stab in that direction, dude. That's all I'm saying. He's very, just. he's seemingly very distrustful of technology. and Technology allowed him to make his dumb little show. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, I'm just kidding. I love you. I love you, Alex. Please. But honestly, look at his repertoire. Like it's. All, I know. I know. You know. It's all like, you better be careful because you're going to end up. Everything sci-fi is like that. When is there going to be a sci-fi movie that is using techno- like technology used for a good thing? Name one movie where technology is used for only good in sci-fi. I don't know. You can't. <laughs> you sure can't. Are. No, you can't. You can't because it doesn't exist. I mean, okay, I guess I'll have to think about that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, she's telling him also that they think um, I am the crux of all of this and that I'm going to come to Devs tonight and guess what? No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm going to completely F up their entire, what, <laughs> they, what they've told me, yeah. and I'm going to contradict what they're saying I'm going to do, and all I have to do is not go. And so he's like, oh, so we just have to hang out here all day and we completely screw them over? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> so they're like, like oh. cool. <laughs> cool. Stay home day. Yay. Yeah. Um, he's adorable. Yeah, he's pretty funny. He's talking about like police My chases. Fave. Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's get to the, let's get to right. the meat and potatoes so, here. Let's get into the, the grub. Edit. We see the dam. Yeah. An overhead shot. A Sideways shot. Sl- like, yeah, like a... You, it's the camera's kind of right angular up sideways over it, shot yeah but you see that this is where linden was at the beginning of the episode in the montage because you can see these steps giant steps yeah 
So now you're like, oh, we saw Lyndon at the very beginning of the show at this place. Yeah. Connections, Now we understand what that was. It's the dam. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's just this whole scene. Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah, this one's whack. Katie and Lyndon. (laughs) Uh, Katie's basically like, so you want me to pretend like I don't know what's going to happen? And Lyndon's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you've watched this before? And, um... You know, okay, he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And uh, she's basically like, why didn't you look into the future? You you could have. Mm-hmm. And Lyndon, who, in my opinion, represents the, he's he's the intellect. Yeah, he's the brain. He's the brain. He's the, he is the human yes. intellect. Yes, like. Yes, you're right. The unassisted human original analog human intellect. That's what I'm saying. So he says he didn't look into the future. It's not that strange. He just doesn't want to know what happens because while he has the illusion of free will, he has the illusion of free will. Mm -hmm. So in other (laughs) words, your voodoo does not (laughs) impress me. Like, I don't... Step off, bro. I don't want to know. Yeah. So... They have this little exchange, too, where Lyndon says to Katie, you know he's wrong. Everett was right. Mm -hmm. Many worlds is real. Mm -hmm. And Katie says, yeah, I know he's wrong. Mm -hmm. She's Mm -hmm. always known he's been wrong. Yeah. Because she's asserted Everett since she was back in college. Okay, hold up. So I'm watching this in real time, right? And... We see this bridge, so we see these, it kind of switches back and forth between, like, profile shots of Lyndon and Katie mm-hmm. from both sides of the bridge, uh, of the dam, and, you know, from the beginning, we hear this music, right, the Steve Reich piece. I'm probably going to keep relating it back to that piece, because that opens the show, right? Mm-hmm. And like I said before on this podcast, anything in this show that opens the show will be referred to more than once in that same episode. Like, all the material is presented to you in the beginning of every episode. Well, they chose that for very specific reasons. Well, clearly. look at this image. And look at the railing. Look at how it's exactly the same. But curved. But curved. And it you can see, like, more space as it, like, spreads mm-hmm. out. As it curves. Because you're looking through more surface area. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same material. Copy and paste. But it looks different. That's Which true. Which is an interesting That's idea. true. And it's, like, you know all of those beams are... They were made in a factory. Equally. They were the same. Equidistant apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, you know that. Yeah. But when you look at it the way that it's shot right now, definitely does not look that way. Yeah, um, which is also, I was just thinking about this while you were talking. Um, Sorry, I was listening, but I was also thinking. This is what I do. Sure, you were. (laughs) This is what I do. But um, imagine yourself driving in your car, and you're driving along this road that's going across this dam, right? Mm-hmm. And it curves like that. It's interesting to think about how, like, when you're driving, you don't see yourself on a curve. You know right, what I mean? Right. You, a human being does not perceive a curve as it looks like from far away. You know what I mean? They perceive it when you're on that curve that you're on a line. You're in a line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you're just turning. You're reorienting yourself along a different line at every point in mm-hmm. time. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which is a very interesting concept if you think about, you know, tram lines and how, you know, everything is a line. Like, literally everything from a certain point of view, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue with your thoughts. Well, thoughts. and then, you know, they are standing on the road. Yeah. They didn't, like, 
drive up to a like an observing area or something like that. They're mm-hmm. literally standing on the road right now. Yeah, re- weirdly enough. Um, I don't know, man. It's just I've been trying to d- to dissect the the setting of this scene. Like, why? Why? Besides the fact that Lyndon had to, you know, like die. <laughs> like, like why would they pick this on a metaphorical standpoint? They would pick this, and that's what I think I, I've realized. There's that. that, and then what is in abundance behind them? Water. A forest. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> what is below them? Water. Sure. Reflecting. Okay. Yeah. Because a little bit you're going to see down at the bottom of this dam. Oh, yeah, yeah. And pure, like, you see it. You see the dam, you see the symmetry, his body, yeah. and you see everything reflected in the water mm-hmm. below. Yeah, it's cool. And it's a bridge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, there's so many. It's a, What does a dam do? It holds back a seemingly unstoppable force of nature mm-hmm. which is true water. that's what it do yeah. yeah even though there's nature on the other side just kind of like it always finds a way nature always finds a way bro it always but finds a way it's interesting that it is a dam instead of just a bridge mm-hmm. they could have just yeah. gone with bridge oh yeah definitely there's nothing yeah i see what you're saying like why a dam and not a bridge interesting yeah because they've been doing the bridge thing they've been giving us images of like the golden gate bridge and like sure. all that so would have been an awesome, wonderful life reference if this all happened on the Golden Gate Bridge, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But there wouldn't be a lot of trees around on the Golden uh, Gate true. Bridge. That's true. This, we have trees everywhere. Many trees. And, um... Forest is always there. Forest is always there. <laughs> and Many Worlds is... Living life. Really Living it big. Is real. Yeah. According to the show. But... Anyway, sorry. Anyway, too, like the whole damn concept, what I was just alluding to... They are on the brink of not being able to hold back whatever this unknown thing that is going to happen after 1 Mm a.m. Interesting. I also think it's interesting the way that these shots are composed. When it switches to be looking at Katie and looking at Lyndon, Mm -hmm. you know, we see behind Katie, like, kind of, like, desolate. Like, it's very empty. There's, like, one tree behind her, but, like, it's not... It's it's deserty looking, Rock. interestingly enough, yeah. But then behind Lyndon, all you see is, is is tree. That's all you see. So, just a thought. I don't really know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, it would be boring composition to have them both with trees behind them, but. I mean, yeah, I but guess. Still, but still, like, you know, it's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's kind of attractive in that way. Barren behind her. Yeah. Um. Because for her, like, it seems like. She knows what's about to happen. Yep. There aren't any other options. Like, she <laughs> yeah. knows exactly what's about to happen, whereas Lyndon doesn't, and we have all the possibilities in the world behind him. Ah, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Anyways. Um, dope. D-d-d-dope. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so anyway, he says, you know he's wrong, Everett was right, Many Worlds is real, and Katie says, I do know he's wrong, and but you don't understand you're here to argue for your job back and the conversation you have planned is not, that's not the way this plays out. Uh, You're about in like a minute about to climb over the rail and balance there, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And Lyndon basically is like, why the F would I do that? Yeah. And she says, because it's an act of faith. And if you believe in the many worlds, you know, there will be worlds in which you fall and worlds in which you don't. 
and you'll only remain conscious in the worlds where you remain alive. Mm. And 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 all of a sudden you see his face <laughs> yeah. change. It's like oh. So Eureka he says moment. The worlds I remain the worlds in which I remain alive are the worlds I'm allowed back into devs. And she says that's the idea. Weird, man. <laughs> it's just weird. So this is confusing. It's so interesting. Um so he's like trying to understand so if I demonstrate my complete belief in the multiverse, like a mystic walking over burning coals, mm-hmm. um, would I? Cl- and then would I climb the rail if you didn't tell me? And she's like, "I did tell you." So it's <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, he's like, "Damn, it's true." <laughs> uh, but if I tell you, if you fall, it negates the act of belief. You'd just be a mystic walking over unlit coals. And all of a sudden, he get he's like, she's oh, is that reeling. when he says it? Yes, she's reeling okay. him in at this point, and you're just like, no, Lyndon, no, Lyndon, <laughs> don't Stop. do it, brother. Stop listening to her. Yeah. Uh, he literally is like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> I get it. Boom. It's a perfect circle. Yeah. And then he's just like, oh shit, that's elegant. That's fucking beautiful. Like I'm like, no, stop agreeing with her. Yeah. Run away. Please. This is a big rip. And he said he laughs and he says, I love it. And Mm -hmm. she's smiling bigger than I think she smiles in this entire show. Really? (laughs) And says, Yeah, you do. Cool. (sighs) Anyway. Um, so then he's just (laughs) he's caught. He's like, Okay, so when do I do it? And she's like, Now, now? And he starts squaring, swearing, and he screams the F word, and you hear the echoes. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I do too, but also I hate it. Um, Oh, no, dude. That's good. That's good reference. This is just heartbreaking. Wait, wait, I should probably point out what that that is a reference to, right? Do you think people probably already know? The echoes? Well, it's, it's a repetition of... Steve Rice, boy! It's a repetition, and, you know... It's a Steve Reich piece. It's the reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, yeah. like, it's a reference to Mini World. Yeah, so, yeah, whatever. Unfortunately, he buys into this hardcore for this moment in time. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, he, he is representing being human. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, this... His whole life is about this kind of stuff. Yeah. And she just made it so simple for him. She just like reduced it down to this one thing mm-hmm. that he needs to do mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. And it's It's cool, man. It's perfect simplicity. It's a perfect circle. Minimalism. Minimalism. Boom. Boom. So another facet. Dum dum climbs over the rail. It's dope. And, you know, he puts his arms out just you know in another kind of jesus yep. crucifixion yeah sacrifice kind of a way why did she not tell him though and why dude okay so pause that for a second okay i have had this conversation with now at least two people okay what is her obligation what is her moral obligation right now because um katie's moral obligation if she is a complete true believer in tramlines 
and determinism and many worlds. <clears throat> Excuse me. What is her moral obligation right now? So, does she believe in the present? I mean, I don't think she does. Because... Okay, so that's probably what this is then. Because if she, if she understood the present, she would understand to tell him now. Not to do it, because he would die in this universe. You know what I mean? She completely, wholeheartedly believes... Like I said, determinism and many worlds. Yeah. And if you believe fully in both of those things, mm-hmm. death is meaningless. Yeah, that's that's what I'm getting at. So, like, if you don't perceive the present, then the past and future are all that exists, and so you really don't have anything. It's all predetermined. Yeah. There well, was nothing she could do to change the outcome of this particular world that they live in. Okay, but you see what I mean, though? He was going there... to climb the rail, he was going to fall and die, and there's nothing she can do to change that. Yeah. In her mind. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. But I, chicken or the egg, you know? T- totally. That's the biggest quarrel I have with this whole thing. It's because, like, I, I know it doesn't matter, and this is a show, and I and I, I don't have many problems with this show. This is, like, the one thing I've been toiling with since the beginning. But here's why I my don't. Understanding here's why I don't. Handle that. I don't toil with it, because if you are in the world of this show and you are katie and all of this is possible yeah. everything we see in the show is possible yeah it's sci-fi, and you you've know. seen the proof with your own two eyes yeah that there are many worlds mm-hmm. that determinism is real why would you even bother to try to stop this from happening because you think well, she doesn't there is a hundred percent inevitability that this is going to happen that he is going to die and, you know, fingers crossed. We see at the very beginning, he's alive at the bottom of the dam. Yes. So, clearly in some world... He does live. He lives. Assuming that that's after all of this. Yeah. But, I mean, they drive there together. How did he get... Why is he at the bottom of the dam otherwise? Yeah, that's actually what I was just <clears throat> thinking about. Um, but anyway, I had a, I had a big time debate with your dad about this because he's mm. just like she's evil she's a villain i'm like yeah but is she is this when we start talking about this is this the time i'm just yes in, okay. the, in the frame of this scene i think this is this is a very important scene as far as that goes because you see how they react forced and her react so nonchalantly that morning all the time yeah all the time frankly about but... oh by the way don't forget Lyndon's in your car and there's that quote-unquote whole thing meaning his death yeah. Is that insignificant? It's that insignificant to them. I guess so, man. I mean, yeah, because death doesn't matter to them. It's just a a permutation very, of the reality. Very you know what I mean? interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting moral Honestly, question. it kind of seems like the way to go, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like chilling in your knowledge, the, the comfort of that everything is... Everything happens for a reason, and, like, everything's predetermined, you know what I mean? And that is probably what, that's, that's like, the parallel to making this, making this parallel to religion and God. Definitely, dude. Because. Y'all don't really believe. (laughs) We've all, the both of us went through years and years of Catholic school. And what do they tell you? God is all-knowing. God knows exactly what's going to happen to you, exactly what your purpose on the, in this life is. Mm-hmm. 
and yet they also teach you oh but you have individuality yeah 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 that, dude, this one, dude, we it is talked a contradiction. About this. It is a pure contradiction. You can't have it both ways. Binaries, bro. And that paradoxes, bro. It is a paradox. That's what I'm saying. And it's one I've struggled with, I swear to God, since I was like Ooh. 10 years old. Honestly, <laughs> I used to in high school. I was like, dang, dude, I just don't know what to do. Like, sometimes we would try to go to church. You remember that? Like, we would, we would make an effort to, like, do that. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we really don't too much, but like, again, we're never really all together besides it's, during this quarantine thing. But it's when I went to college, I came to Kumbaya with my atheist side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, like, I, like I, I was like, okay, I'm majoring in neuroscience. I'm majoring in music. I'm going to DePaul, which actually is coincidentally a Catholic school. school. <laughs> but that was not at all my reason for going there. You know what I mean? They so do- like disclaimer they do a lot of good um like volunteerism is huge there oh yeah i don't need yeah All i don't need to talk stuff. about that but yeah they're great whatever i'm not i'm not denouncing the christian the christian no, religion I'm just saying the, as the it is today saint vincent de paul homie like oh yeah definitely but dude. i mean what i'm saying is there's this whole we know that religion plays a huge part of this show mm-hmm. it is the show spoiler alert but <laughs> but like there's also obviously this conflict that exists with, you know, it's actually interesting to see that no character in this show actually explicitly has a conflict in trying, like the O'Brien telling, uh, what, what, Wilson, Wilson, Winston, Winston, you know, in 1984. Oh, when he's yeah, like, like, what are you talking when he's about? He's like, what? Like at the end of the book. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When he's just total cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Like, there's not really much of that in this show. Everyone kind of just, you know, it's kind well, of just the flow of things, it seems, unless I'm forgetting about a big Stuart is the only one who's like, this ain't Well, good. no, Stuart knows it's not good. That's what I'm saying. He is on the side of it being not good, right? Mm-hmm. Forrest is on the side of it being good. Katie's on the side of it being well, good. Forrest, well, Forrest is may like, be an exception to a certain degree. He's just like, just get me to where I need to go. I don't really care how you. But do. everyone, that's what I'm saying. Everyone has these like trajectories with their own belief. There's no one that actually has like, oh, I don't know, do I do this or do I, you know, um, which I think is kind of the underlying principle of the show, is that there is no such thing as try. It's only do or do not. I guess Yoda speaks. Yoda speaks. It's also man. very. It's also very lost. With, uh like, yeah black TV and white yeah, yeah yeah there's jack who is mm-hmm. it's science yeah. it's black or white it's this is the way it is and mm-hmm. Locke is like no it's faith yeah that, you that, can't know everything you just have to trust sometimes that things are going to work out the way they should mm-hmm. scientific revolution man we talk about shows all the time this is embedded in history i for, sure. for humans, you know what but I mean? But for the purposes of this show, it is a huge commentary on religion. Yeah. No, and no, no. How I'm, I'm just have, relating it to different ideas. How can you have full faith in a deity that knows everything that's going to happen and yet also have free will? It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It's completely contradictory. Yeah. And there it is. Like, Lyndon just flip-flopped in from one moment. to the other yeah. just because yeah. Katie was like, it exists. <laughs> it is. This is what's going to happen. And you just, you will get what you want. Maybe not in this life, but in another one. And I think it's interesting that Lyndon isn't even seemingly afraid. 
not just, at like, all. That's what's so you know what I mean? upsetting about all of this this mm. whole scene. Mm. Yet I'm also like, well, Katie didn't think she had a, any chance of changing it, so why would she have a moral oblig- obligation to try yeah. to talk him out of it? No of reason. Of course she's not. She's just yeah. gonna go along with what she's seen on the screen. You gotta respect that co- that commitment, dog, <laughs> to her belief system. She is a she is a guru right now mm-hmm. for her religion, which is many worlds determinism. Yeah, can't change anything. She is the only one, it seems, who is that way. Forrest isn't. Stewart isn't. Forrest isn't yet. Not yet. He's still like. If it's not Maya Maya, you know, if it's not our Jesus, it's oh. not Maya Maya. Oh. Like, that's still kind of his... I see what you're saying. You're, you're talking about, like, the belief in the many worlds. That's... Many worlds and... Yeah, okay. many worlds. Okay, cool. Because they both believe in determinism. They so just not necessarily tram lines, then. It is a tram line, because it's deterministic. Oh, yeah, that's the bigger box, but, isn't it? Yeah. True. Okay, yeah. So, anyway... <sighs> This is a cool shot, though. This is a completely symmetrical shot. We got Lyndon at the at the middle, in the middle, dude. In the middle, and looking a like amazing, Christ. a cool looking binary looking dam, with boxes. Yeah, ones and zeros. Lots of little boxes over here. Big boxes there. It's all st- these weird stair, cool giant shot, steps down to the bottom. And now is when oh, we oh, start to oh, hear... Wait, 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 wait. What? Last thing, he puts his arms up, obviously, like Jesus yeah. on the cross, which I think is kind of a cool hearkening back to when he was he was the one who, like, recreated, you know, Jesus being on the cross. True. Which is interesting. He became what he discovered, kind True. of. True. He was the one that Metaphorically got the, speaking. the actual voice mm-hmm. to work. Yeah. Yep. Did you think about that? <gasps> I did music? not, actually. Okay, so... This music from the... We cut to... Oh, yeah, there is a little bit of music, isn't there? Yeah. This is the music from... Oh. Oh, it's this part. <laughs> okay. God I'm gonna bless. let you... You know what? I'm just gonna shut up. No, Let's tell me it. what the music is, because I don't remember. Oh, uh, this is the music that plays during... I gotta see it in my mind's eye. Just give me a second. Ah. I, is it not... The part I, when they're working on the table thing? I don't remember because I can't hear it. You it's have... the no, it's the it's the female yeah. It's the part when they're when they're working on extrapolating. Oh, it's the female vocals. I did write that down actually. But it's not from it's not the female vocals from the beginning of the episode though. No no no. Different. This was This is this the is one when like they're extrapolating upon the things that are on that table on that altar. The tonal female voices. Yeah. And cool. I think isn't it always it's they use it in that episode where Katie's coming out of her lecture hall, right? And there's a lots of Katie's. Oh, yes. That is that is the one. That is the one I'm thinking of. Um, but Definitely. during that, we see Here Comes Forrest walking down the path through the Faraday, whatever that's called. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Our boy. My favorite, Stuart, starts to recite a poem. Actually, pause it for a second. Oh. This is very interesting because he does not recite the entire poem. He I actually uses not. he edits edits oh, it. across stanzas. He he just doesn't like he doesn't recite the entire poem. He cuts well, in the middle but of is stanzas. But like, is it like a consistent flow or does he actually just cut from stanza to stanza like willy-nilly? Um 
it's kind of willy-nilly. Like, look, what I highlighted oh, the parts he says. That's cool. That whole stanza he says. Composition was, at its finest, but, bro. But, you know, maybe they just did that because it would sorry. be way too long to recite this entire poem. But anyway, this entire poem. Please. I mean, they did do that with a Steve Reich piece in the beginning. They only show you, like, 30 seconds of true. it, and it's, like, a six-minute long piece. It is edited so. quite a bit. Yeah. But anyway, Stuart starts to recite a poem over, like, over the top of these visuals. And this poem is called <laughs> Obad, and it is by Philip Larkin. Yeah, which, by the way, the name of the soundtrack itself is called o- Obad. This soundtrack that's playing over the scene. What? In the show. What do you mean? The, the piece playing over the this monologue. Yeah, it's called Obad oh, in the it soundtrack. Is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, well, anyway, let me find my notes on Obad. They're somewhere... Why are you writing notes out of order, man? Uh, because I forgot. <laughs> okay. So an obad is a poem or a piece of music uh, appropriate to the dawn of, a, you know, the part of day, dawn. I understand. And it can also be a morning love song and kind of the opposite of um, an evening love song, which is something else. But anyway, really? Philip Larkin wrote this. Is this like a Shakespeare thing? He can. Com- no. It sounds French. That's why. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's definitely French. But he, it took him years, years to write this poem. I don't get that, dude. Like four (laughs) or five years. I don't get it, dude. He finally finished it in 1977. Dang. Oh, this is a modern poem. Yeah. Whoa, I did not expect that. And maybe I should have. It takes place. Oh, by the way, Philip Rolton. Obad is not in this book, but he has another book of poetry called High Windows. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very nice. Funny. Yeah. Anyway, um, the poem is basically a statement about death. Classic. <laughs> and of course it is. <laughs> Why? But that, you know, Everything. there's like the juxtaposition there of you think, oh, an Obad, a morning song. It's full of hope and yep. yay, the day is starting, a new day. But no, this one, the this poem ain't it. starts. This ain't it, chief. The poem starts in the middle of the night, and the reference to daybreak is that, you know, he's talking about it's 4 a.m., yep. and I'm soon going to see the light dawning, you know, through the window. Mm-hmm. But... Well, grow light. But he's thinking about how his death and mortality, how there's a statement about how religion used to be like a balm for that like people would be like oh well yeah i'm gonna die but i believe in heaven so really right, 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 right. i'm gonna live forever classic but he's like no 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 no. it's are we gonna talk about the visuals that are happening during in a this? minute okay cool <laughs> talking about the concept of the poem first okay cool um there's also part of it is about the you know it's like how people deal with the thought of death yeah it's and comfort. how you can make quote unquote make friends with death which actually reminded me of jamie and forrest's talk when they were on the porch talking about how loss is a friend definitely yeah but it's a nice not a friend that you really want to know yeah um and then it's about how death is always just on the edge of your vision you know it's there but it's like just out of sight blurry Mm. you know it's always there. But anyway. I like the, the the visual or like the concept of when light isn't there, you're seeing what always is there. Which is honestly kind of facts. Because like the natural state 
of everything is darkness. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We need lights to power our basement that allow us to see. But without anything technological, it's all dark without the sun, which is fascinating. Yeah. All right. So I'm just going to read. You think I'm crazy? I'm going to read. You didn't even comment on that. You just cast it aside like I'm (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm trying to think about what I'm going to do. Book. Disrespect. I just want to read the edit of the poem that Stuart recites. Okay, I know. But I, I also think we should go over the visuals We're going to go the over lines, visuals. though. The individual line because they're played, you know, to the visuals, which I think will add to the context. Okay. If you would like to do that. If you really don't want to, then that's fine. But I'm just... There's no way for me to do that unless I watch this and read it. And okay, then just I read can't it. really talk about it that way. I'll keep I have track to, of what's happening then. I, yeah. So anyway, if you want to read the whole poem, it's, it is a pretty much a masterpiece of a poem. Uh, you can find it online easily, um, like I did. But I'm just going to say the version that Stuart says. I work all day and get half drunk at night. Waking at four to soundless dark, I stare. In time, the curtain edges will grow light. Till then, I see what's really always there. Unresting death. That is an edit. There's a whole other half a stanza after that. Interesting. Are you going to read that or no? Probably not. Um... Then it cuts to the mind blanks at the glare, not in remorse, the good not done, the love not given, time torn off, unused. There's an edit. Cool. There. Um, and it goes down further into that stanza. But at the total emptiness forever, the sure extinction that we travel to and shall be lost in all ways, not to be here, not to be anywhere, and soon nothing more terrible, nothing more true. Mm. bars dude. there is a special way of this is a special way of being afraid That's no cool. trick dispels religion used to try that vast moth-eaten musical brocade created to pretend we never die and specious stuff that says no rational being can fear a thing it will not feel not seeing mm. that this is what we fear no sight no sound no touch or taste or smell nothing to think with nothing to love or link with the anesthetic from which none come round. And so it stays just on the edge of vision, a small unfocused blur, a standing chill that slows each impulse down to indecision. Most things may never happen. This one will. Nice. Bars. Who wrote that? Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Philip Larkin. Okay, cool. Kudos. Such a good poem. Yeah, it's wow. cool. You know what's interesting about that poem? It's very rhetorical, which is cool. That I bet you would have taken more time than actual writing, actually writing the poem. Like, because it seems like he's kind of writing like a thesis statement. You know what I mean? Like sometimes he's talking about like the science of it and like the inevitability. Of the, I don't know. It just feels like a very non-interpretational. You I know think what I, mean? I read that he worked on this for a few years and then just kind of put it aside and then his mother passed away. Ah. Uh, and that's when he finished it. Okay. Well, so that's uh, very there's a lot there. I don't even... Do we even talk about that? <laughs> like, that's going to take a really long time. Okay, well... I think it's pretty... Like I said, there's not a lot of metaphorical aspects to... You can interpret You can interpret no, that non-metaphorically it is. at all. It's cut and dry. Cut and dry. <laughs> Which I think is the point of it being death is cut and dry. You know what I mean? But, yeah. like, you know, we don't need to talk about it too much other than that we have this idea of the inevitability and how the last line, that last statement 
it being the last statement in the edit. Super good. Which, by the way, Stuart misquotes. Oh, really? I noticed that when I was highlighting all of this. The poem actually says, most things may never happen. This one will. Stuart says, most things will never happen. This one Ah, will. That's definitely on purpose. That's definitely on purpose, dude. Come on. That's not a misquote. That's because we're talking about tram lines, I man. mean, maybe the actor accidentally said no, the wrong word. Who I knows? refuse. I refuse to believe that. Okay. That's the last line. All right. Well, let's talk about the montage that's playing as he's reading this. First of all... Execution. Actor, this actor yeah, with man. three names that I never... Oh, I think Steven is on, one man. of them. McKinley is one of them. Like, whenever there's a three-named actor, forget that's a tough it. One. I will never remember all three names. That's I don't a know, tough one. I don't know what my problem is with that, but it's it's a problem. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. If you just had the first name and the last name, it'd be cool. You know what? You Hold on. But one last thing before we talk about the visuals. Right. You remember how earlier we in, in a, a past episode we talked about Aristotle's levels of the soul? Mm-hmm. And how, like, the plant soul and the plant soul does not feel or, like, doesn't have anything, but it's mm-hmm. still, like, alive. That's interesting to me in the context of this. Because it's like, well, okay, yeah, you wouldn't be able to touch or feel when you're dead. But, like, you know what also doesn't touch or feel? Plants. But they're alive. So what's the difference? That's true. Privilege. You're privileged to be able to eat that pizza, bro. That's all I gotta say. Let's back this up to the beginning. So. Oh, okay, yeah, I got it. You can go on. Um, okay, so... Oh, wait, can I... Uh, I want to talk about the... Uh, no, 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 I'm talking about the visuals now. This is about the visuals. <laughs> okay. So, the music, right? The first thing we get while Stuart is reciting this monologue is... Uh, it, we know, we get Forrest walking, right? Mm-hmm. Walking up to the door. It's the cool desert. how musically the trajectory of these next few scenes is represented with the score. So, like, as we see Forrest walking in, just one Forrest walking mm-hmm. in... Um, we hear like there's these female vocals, these tonal vocals happening, and they're, they're like forming like minor seconds, like really close dissonant sonorities, right? Mm-hmm. But the moment it edits to what's happening with um, Lyndon, right, and how we see multiples of him like falling, mm-hmm. the harmonies start like branching, branching because it's many worlds. Cool. The moment it edits right that there. That is very cool. It's like everything all of a sudden. It is very, and also the visual of him walking into the building, walking past all those gold posts that Mm -hmm. are identical. They're repeated. But they look different from different angles. There's one forest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. That's uh... he still doesn't like many worlds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's fighting it tooth and nail. Yeah. Okay. So we see the brick wall of the dam, and unfortunately, we see a linden falling. A linden. And we just keep seeing Lyndon's falling as he's reciting this poem. Not it, love not given, time torn off, unused. Like, oh, rip my boy. It's so sad. <laughs> rip but my it's boy. a total emptiness forever as these Lindens are falling. Yeah. Oh, the sure extinction that we travel to. There goes another Lyndon, and shall um, be lost and always. And there goes another Lyndon. Not to be here. Not to be anywhere. Yeah, you don't need to recite it. I think we just did. And soon. <laughs> And then we see the, the last, last Lyndon go, yeah. nothing more terrible, nothing more true. And Katie is just 
standing there. This is a special way of being afraid. No trick dispels. This is cool how we see one Katie for a little bit. Like, every mm-hmm. version of her just stood there and yep. just, like, contemplated what yep. just happened. They all just stood there for a minute, and then we see the Katie's start to leave. But the one we know is still standing there. Yeah, so then she leaves. She stood the longest, I guess. Yeah. Our Katie. Um, and then we see her walking down the highway road in a minute back to her car. Um, Dude. And how, so the moment he's talking about no sight or sound, no taste, no smell, no senses, mm-hmm. essentially, they show the reflection, which of the sky and the is dam. an alternate reality where there is none of that. There's no feel. There's no taste in a reflection. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, even though it is, it is you, technically a reflection, it doesn't, it's not because it's like a, an alternative plane of existence. You, you know don't know what what's mean? going on over there. You have no idea. No, it's upside down too. Oh, uh, it cool. is upside down. You're I love right. that. I love up that upside down shots, man. And then we see Katie walking back through into the forest down the road. Oh yeah. The sign says next seven miles, by the way. Seven. Oh. Episode seven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, she's walking. Um, and then we see Lyndon's dead body at the bottom of the dam. Very interestingly placed. Yeah, dude. It's so um, weird, man. Way he's laying there with, like, all of his body on this one step on the very bottom except for a leg that's yep. hanging down. And we see blood, but we also see all of that reflected in the water. Yep. Right below him. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it's cool. is amazing. Yeah. That's pretty um, crazy, man. Oh, and then the line over that is the anesthetic from which none come round. I don't get that line. Death. It's, Ooh, it's an anesthetic? That's what he calls it? Well, you're, yeah. You think? Okay, you've cool. Been, you're, you've been but good anesthetized. You're not coming back. <laughs> you know, does she ever say the word death? Ever. In the poem? Yep. I don't know. Yes. Oh, dang but, it. That would have been dope if he didn't, because if he didn't, then we could be like, you could rationalize that this poem could be talking about anything, but you can't death. say what it is. Oh, dang it, dude. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. I was about to be Sorry on to something. Sorry to your, your theory. Whatever, man. Okay, so then... Um, also, the word round. The so. anesthetic from something something. Okay, and oh. then it cuts to... It's blurry. Back to Dev. It's blurry. And so it stays just on the edge of vision, and you see blurry, blurry, blurry... Forest. The camera work, bro. A small and focused blur, <laughs> and he's coming more and more into focus. A standing chill that slows each impulse down, and now he's in focus to indecision. Cause, ugh. Oh. And then it cuts to oh. Stewart standing in front of that glorious. Looks like a rose window in a church. Also looks like a giant eye. Who made this? Who made this? this? I really want to know too. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'd hang that in my house. Like, no, oh yeah, man. No, that just looks expensive. It's beautiful. It looks so expensive. I also think it's kind of cool. It's not stained glass. No. Like I feel I mean, like that would be any 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 jamoke would make it stained glass. I guess you know that's I mean? true. But this is like three D printed, kind of. It's, it's a relief. Cool. It's what we in the art. Oh, was History it? History bills call it relief. A relief? Okay. Yes. I didn't know that. Cool. But it's also, for real, got parts cut out of it. So it, yeah. is, it does look like, I mean, it's, I'm Who? sure it's supposed to look like a rose window and a big eye. Who did it? Anyway, then. <laughs> but it's cool how he's not standing. So, yeah, we get that, obviously, the symmetrical shot of the background. But he's not standing in the middle. No, he's not. He's not symmetrical at he's all. Kinda he's kind of weaning over. slouching there. Yeah. 
he's tired. Stuart's just tired of all this junk. Yeah. Um, and that's when he says, most things will never happen. This one will. Yeah. I like the acoustics in here. Is that what he says? Yes. Oh. <laughs> he looks around and says, I like oh. the acoustics in here. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of does look like basically a megaphone. And Forrest is like, who was that? Oh, yeah. Like, here we go. The poem and... And Stuart says, guess, and there's silence. Forrest didn't say, doesn't say a word. And um, Stuart's just, like, had it with him. He's just had it. Uh, and says, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't care that you don't know who I was quoting, but I do mind that you won't even guess. This is the feeling I get. Th- this line. I have this feeling all the time when I'm like, yo, guess my favorite Star Wars movie, and they're like, no. And I'm like, man. You can't just guess. You know what I mean? Like, what's my favorite color? They don't answer. It's like, how can't you just guess? What is stopping you, man? Just Just do it. Um, Honestly, if dad listens to this, it's something he does. (laughs) It's very annoying. Such big decisions being made about our future by people who know so little about our past. Dude, why is... Okay. Back to his... Okay, he's... Okay. Don't be talking shit about stuff when you don't know nothing and you're just an idiot and you're not even the smart one here katie's the smart one is that what he says and you no, but that's okay. like his jam that's does he like, bring up katie no I, not oh, at all okay. but okay. that's like yeah i know i get it been Dude, the whole show alex garland really be out here preaching <laughs> i ain't even gonna i'm not gonna let that slide that's that is a preach right there and then you know forrest opens his mouth and says isn't knowing the past exact isn't knowing our past exactly what we're doing here and he's like no it isn't <laughs> the dev system oh he's like by the way the dev system works now like perfectly fully totally as of a few hours ago want to hear antony talking to cleopatra you can dinosaurs formation of the solar system you can no distortion drop out zero it flat out fucking works <laughs> so mad He's so mad. If this man does not get an Emmy nomination, <laughs> I'm going to this be man. angry. He so deserves it. Yep. Um, but anyway, it, it, Forrest says, what did you do mm-hmm. to get it to work? In other words, and he's like, ignored you. <laughs> yeah. I ignored you. We ignored you. All of us. We followed Lyndon's principle, made the system based on the universe as it is, and not on, not on your restricted obsessions and then just just to drop the mic on him forrest who is mark antony <laughs> yeah 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 and then forrest gets into the little box yeah and floats away over <laughs> into the lab because he probably doesn't even know who mark antony is yeah oh so let's talk about that for a second mm-hmm. mark antony and cleopatra yep for, for, for sure for sure um, real life Shakespeare play scandal, whichever such a scandal, kind of a scandal. Um, but I went with. Well, wait, wait, wait! Isn't it based on a real? They're real people, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I tried to ha- I had to like decide: Am I gonna like look at it in real life, or am I gonna look at it in Shakespeare? And of course, I picked Shakespeare because they actually mentioned Shakespeare later. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? Real life doesn't have a theme or anything interesting. So mm-hmm. let's look at the cool play. What do you mean it doesn't have anything? I'm saying we don't have like <laughs> themes and cool I know, stuff to I know, analyze. but you can you can impose them anyway. 
Well, just briefly, um, Antony and Cleopatra, Shakespeare play, Mm -hmm. um, themes of fate, Mm -hmm. inevitability, and the limitations of personal agency. So it fits perfectly into what we're talking about here, tram lines and... Stuart determinism. Gets, Stuart gets kind of aggressive. He's like, guess. And they, Do I know, it. oh, he's pissed. He's, <laughs> he has had enough of yep. him, for sure. Yep. But what's interesting about the play is they built in these themes because they kind of had to, because they were real people, and they commit suicide. Yep. So he worked that into the play, very similar to what we're talking about with devs Mm -hmm. well there is an inevitable conclusion here it has to go along with what happened in real life yep so we're going to insert the themes of fate inevitability and limitations of personal agency because i myself writing this play have a limitation on my agency about what i'm going to write because these were real people that died see that is what you call meta Meta, dude. <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't know that. But that's, dude, that's so funny because I have that exact, I have an issue trying to do that with my own art. Like, I tried it when I, when I make up a pattern that I want to abide by in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I'll go through page after page after page after page of sketches and paragraph after paragraph after paragraph trying to reason how I can apply this concept across the entire thing. But I can never do it. I always have to break like, I always have to break something because it's just it's a boring piece. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's this idea of change that makes it, like, so fascinating and makes humans cling to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Very, very uh, weird. I, I try to do that, but that's interesting that he kind of took that route to make that. Well, I mean. It's crazy. He did that a lot because. He does a lot of real, a, real life stories. Historical drama, yeah. Right. Was, was he the first to do that? To... I, I doubt it. Okay. I, doubt I, I know he's not the real person to take real life things into content, but is he the first? I wonder to to impose his own thematic material onto real events. Oh, I don't know. Rather I don't than know, just but staging an, a reenactment. Other than just thematically, too, it ends with. Um, it's it's very Romeo and Juliet again. Like he thinks she's dead, so he kills himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. But in reality, she wasn't dead. She just wanted people to think that she was and so um in very dramatic fashion she kills herself um with poisonous snakes nice dude (laughs) how dramatic yeah so in the end they're both dead it's seemingly because of fate cool and yeah cool we'll talk about that later yeah (laughs) we'll revisit that in a little bit indeed okay um Okay, so moving on. There, so Forrest enters the lab, mm-hmm. and you know Stewart is just like, "Man, you stupid." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it cuts to um, Lily's apartment. Yeah. And Jamie is making very coffee snob coffee. True. Well, what I would consider coffee snob coffee because I use a Keurig, but <laughs> he's like legit brewing it, and you know, I don't know if that's a French press. I don't know what that is, but it's. Oh my god! Who cares, it's, man? <laughs> it's like takes some effort bougie. to make this. It's, it's bougie, bougie coffee, okay? Yeah. And we hear this lovely little song called "Sweet Little Mystery." Playing. Yeah. Um, we see Lily with those half-open doors still yeah. making the bed. 
She's making her bed. Will she lie in it? We'll see. <laughs> um, okay. And poor Jamie pulls out a coffee mug that has like it's one of those personal coffee mugs that has a picture of Sergey and Lily on it, and like, he's yikes. just like, "Damn, man!" He's just staring at it as the coffee is getting it's hot it's steaming yeah um he really looks at that for a long time Mm -hmm. that coffee mug he's just probably thinking like am i doing the right thing am i (laughs) gonna regret this yeah uh so then we see an edit pete hanging out on the sidewalk (laughs) feeding pigeons and way in the background (laughs) we see a a man blurry kenton blurry on the edge True. A vision. This is facts. Death. This is facts. Our true villain. Yeah. Representing death. Okay. More confusion. So he goes <laughs> okay. in between the buildings. You're he, like those people who like watch The Shining and are like, how is that hallway there? It's not supposed to be there. The hotel schematics don't have a hallway exactly there. Exactly, though. But <laughs> this like... is so freaking obviously. I know. I get it. Doesn't make sense. I got a joke about it, though. Okay. So he goes down this like the back steps down to the basement door not even locked he walks in there you see all the electrical boxes and stuff you see him walk through that little area of electrical boxes Mm -hmm. and turn a corner and go up some steps yeah and all the while this lovely little like acoustical nice little love song or whatever it is is playing yeah so he's going up steps. You see him. Yeah, I'm seeing it right now. Okay, so then it cuts back to Lily in her bedroom. Will you bring me some water too? Jamie says, sure. So he's um, got her coffee made. Now he's pouring her a glass of water. He slices a lemon because he's a, so sweet. What a homie. But it's a lemon. It is a lemon. It's, it's a circular a, slice. It's, it's a circular slice of a lemon. <laughs> <sighs> Why Classic. Of course, it's got to be a lemon. Yeah, <laughs> true. Um, and he puts a notch in it, and he puts it on her glass because he's just so sweet. Charming. With what a, what a charmer. Hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's all bandaged up still. Cut back to Kenton, who is now opening the front door of the building and walking into the lobby. I know, man. I know. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I'm I get not even it. gonna talk about it. I don't get it. How he could be there. Well, I get it. It's it's a many worlds thing. But it's so subtle. But and if you're really clothes. not paying attention. It's subtle, man. You miss it. It's subtle. It is subtle. Do you really think? Do you Dude, really it's think? it is clearly the lobby. That are is the blue something? door. I know, but are we missing something? No, we're not missing anything. They're telling us these many worlds are happening. Yeah. It's it's a thing that's happening. I suppose. But if anybody's crazy, just please if you think I'm crazy, watch this whole sequence again. He's not entering through the basement steps that he just, we just saw him go down. He's entering through the front door. Anyway. Is he entering from outside? Yes. Oh, what? So weird. It's the blue door on the front. Like, you can see the blue paint. It is definitely the front door. For sure. All right. So we see him at the door to their apartment. He pulls out a gun with a silencer. Oh, no. Here's Jamie carrying his circular tray with his circular... So lemon we, slice. I'm a, I have to ask a controversial <laughs> question. Yeah. How can gun silencers <laughs> be legal to be bought? Well, it's not. I there, know please. this is controversial, but that to me, 
is sketchy, bro. <laughs> like, why do you need a suppressor? Well, to me, everything's, it's all sketchy. I know, so but I understand, like, the hunting mentality. It's just, like, it's just, like, oh, it's And sad. who says that's legal? I don't even know. Maybe it's not legal. Maybe he just yeah. has one because he's a oh, murdering, yeah, true. He was murdering bastard. All right, all right, fair. I'll continue. I'll shut up. So the door opens and Jamie is oh. literally standing right in front of the door. He has no chance. He shoots him point blank. My boy gets got. And he shoots him <laughs> Triple three tap. times. Triple tap. And he dies right in front of that freaking planter that I'm always on about. All right, man. <laughs> it's not a big apartment. <laughs> I don't care. That planter okay. is just. It's chilling there. It's important, that planter. <laughs> okay. All right, so... Yeah, dang. He... He just dies. He just He just dies. He didn't even have a chance. <laughs> Not a chance. Yeah, man. So, yeah. While the music is playing, by the way, which is a total, like, um, singing in the rain, clockwork orange type yeah. of vibe. Of, like, oh, this... you're right. More yeah. Kubrick. And a dude breaking in, not to mention. More Kubrick. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Dude. All right, don't play that yet. I'm There's like ready. Kubrick on Kubrick on Kubrick. <laughs> it's nuts, man. Okay, so the half open, half shut pocket doors are Arrive. there. Yes. Are yeah, they're still half open. A half jar, shut. sorry. Um, and you see now the camera's like inside the bedroom. You see Jamie's dead face. Yeah, right, my homie. Through the opening. He was being a simp as his last moment in life. <laughs> He just looked at that mug, and you know what he was thinking. He was like, "Damn, am I like, am I like, about to get get got? Get, get, like he got got. Sergei Why can't I get got? Two exactly. Like, ooh. yeah, man. Very, very much. Ominous. The foreshadow was right in front of us the whole time. The post. I'm only gonna say is that poster. In oh, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about the poster. Cursed. Yeah, man cursed and then he's playing what's that video game <laughs> uh dark souls yeah dark souls which by the way um i googled just for the purposes of the show <laughs> many worlds <laughs> and it is um a hero's journey uh to totally yeah but anyway he he says it his like he my says mom's it. being a gamer for this podcast i died yep or i'm dead or whatever we've been known <sighs> We've been had, is what we've been doing. Oh, true. We've been doing. had. That's what it because is. Because we, I personally thought, oh my God, he killed him two episodes ago when he break, you know, when they come to get Lily to take her to the asylum or whatever, mental right. hospital. And I thought he was dead then. Right. Yeah. We all did, I think. And then we're like, yay, he's not dead. And then You've like, been got. Damn it. <laughs> this sucks. Yeah, honestly. He's. My favorite. I think I've been pretty clear You've about said that. Stuart's your favorite well, like that's ten true. times this episode. Stuart and Jamie are my favorites. <laughs> okay. For different reasons. All right, well, let's continue. Jamie's so, woo favorite. Stuart's right. intellectual favorite. All right, dog. All right. Yeah, dedicate your own time to talking Sorry. about Jamie. So Can we just have a moment, though? <laughs> okay. Poor guy. You said it yourself. He just wanted to hang in his apartment and With play a woman, some video bro. games. Dude, yeah. He's like all of us, man, right now during quarantine. He was just living the quarantine life. Like, he was being quarantined. He was chilling at home. And he just got... Man. Damn it. Yeah. I'm so mad. All right, let's move on, though. We are... All right. I'm going to say it. I'm so not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> you can't say anything. Because we talked about it, the opening montage for uh, 35 minutes. All right. Okay, so Kenton comes in the be the bedroom, and he, the first thing he sees is the, the fuck you sign in the window, and he's mad. 
And um, he walks over. I don't know what he thought he was going to do. Like, Knock him out, dude. Kick in the window. I don't know why he was walking towards the window. but Well, no, he walked into the room and he saw the sign on the window. I know, but then he's like, bitch. And then he like... R- like aggressively no, the window was the open. Window. The window was open, so I think he was trying. Oh, to, yeah. so he figured she got, got climbed out the window. Oh my god! You know what? Okay, I'm yeah. idiot. No, that's okay. It's actually kind of hard to tell because there's a curtain. It kind of like covers most of the opening. You're right. Actually, though. then yeah, Lily. <laughs> yeah, RKO failure. Absolute. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely doing what they've said many times. She will do things that other people will not do. Like the normal person. Would have yeeted out that window. Uh, true, true, true. Okay, I see what you're saying. Hell yes. Yeah. But she doesn't. She's hiding behind her, like, her armor or whatever, and she mm-hmm. jumps out at him and knocks him butt good in the head with a lamp. <laughs> butt good. And, um, yeah, so I'm just saying. Our favorite music is oh, yeah. returned. Now this the pretty the song stops and the scary music <laughs> yeah. starts. Totally. Yeah. And he is got her down on the bed that she just made, just want to say. And trying to strangle her. Yeah. Trying his darndest. How do you fail strangling a woman like that, though? Her neck is so small. That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, we've had I've had conversations with people, too, about how, like, Kenton does not look like... Oh, yeah, we talked about that. He looks like he would be easily overpowered, quite frankly, by a younger person. Yep. Um, but he just... Can you hear my music through my headphones? I can't actually oh, hear it. Oh, dang yet. it. Sorry. <laughs> it gets really um, loud here. But maybe that's part of the point. Maybe it's like he is the representation of evil and death. And maybe you might not think he would be able to pull off overpowering young people like Jamie and Lily, which he does. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, it's just like the metaphor. Yeah. The metaphor is strangling Lily right now. His face is... Yeah, I look at him and I'm like, oh... That's Psychopath. Old dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. No, not at all. He's so creepy. <laughs> I thought, okay. His eyes are His creepy. His eyes are creepy. His eyes for are sure. Creepy. Yeah. Anyway, big moment. Yeah, dude. That we've all been waiting Let's for. Let's get into it. My boy Pete. Pete <laughs> comes out of nowhere. Our, yeah, man. And saves her. Yep. Wraps something mm-hmm. around Kenton's neck from behind mm-hmm. and takes him out. Yeah, he's gone. He gone. So, what have been your what were your Pete theories oh. <laughs> prior to this? Let's hear it. I thought he was Lyndon. At one point, you thought he was Lyndon in the future from the future. Yeah, that was by like episode two though. Yeah. I, I, because I had no idea what Devs was doing at the time. That was very and early on. Yeah, I I was just like, okay, maybe it's time travel. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's these vibes of like time and the mm-hmm. the inevitable and loops and you know. I actually loved that theory, and I was like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good theory. And I don't think I ever really developed my own because I sort of bought into that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. But as the or, show went on, we kind of were like, yeah, there's really not Because the travel. hair like doesn't really matter. Yeah. There's really not time travel going on in this show, but that was a good theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought he was an ex-devs worker. That is true. You morphed it into just generic ex-devs worker, yeah. Yep. So, both wrong. <laughs> who had been kicked out because totally forgot about the Russian dude in the beginning. Totally forgot about all that. Totally forgot about all that. Which is interesting because that episode honestly stands out against all the other ones as being like this weird espionage related, right? One. Like what you know? And but... had it not come back, with this... we even got the 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 fu sign from episode two. Yep, being shown in his face as like here we go, boys. 
And the fact We're that back. that is still in the window. Mm-hmm. Like, it just never... Kept it there. It's just... It's as a reminder of, hey, remember that Russian spy thing? She flipped it, though, because it had to have been showing to the outside. She flipped it. I think when she opened the window, it, like, bit back around. You'll see, like, they close the window at some point in the scene. It's like scene. a swing window? Yeah, it's like a big open swinging oh, window. Oh, <laughs> that's funny that you're using that. So when you as an idea. swing cool. it all the way back up against the other window, I got you then now, it's yeah. facing inside. Cool, cool. But anyway, so Pete is a Russian spy. Yep. Never saw that coming. Yeah. Um, and he strangles Kenton, and Lily's horrified, and um, see, she's a good actress. I don't know why people pick yeah, her. Yeah, good at suffocating. And good, also, good I'm out. sorry, but like Kenton has a pretty good yeah, he's good acting scene yeah. right here. Yeah, man. <laughs> and he's staring at her with a bloody face as Pete counts from one to nine mm-hmm. in Russian. One to nine. Interesting. Why mm-hmm. not 10? Yeah. True. He actually takes a breath instead of saying the number 10. We actually also get new music. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Like new? the Pete theme, maybe. Oh. I don't know. I, I just noticed just now. Interesting. I never noticed that. I can't talk it. about it too much. I, it's, it's very classic. you got the Omglock and you have like the sine waves. It's not anything new. It's just a different collection of pitches. Hmm. But, you know, whatever. And then when we're seeing Lily's reaction to all of that happening... It is, you like, behind her, all you see is that mm-hmm. freaking headboard that looks just like the projection screen. Yeah, it's cool that that's in the, in the picture now. Um, and then Kenton flops onto the bed, um, and you see that happen from the living room, and Jamie's poor body still on the floor. Yep. So, Kenton is lying in the bed that Lily made. Ah, <laughs> true, true. That's whack. Okay. Anyway. We cut to a projection. We see embers flying in the in the air. Yeah. Um, Very majestic. From a fire that is illuminating a cave wall with art on it. Forrest is watching all of this. And it is very reminiscent of Forrest Art at Home, just saying. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, so he's watching the st- screen. We see Katie coming across the vestibule yo honestly if someone wants to make like a compilation of all the no dialogue scenes in the devs building just to like show off how cool this set is i would be so down for that one of the coolest (laughs) sets i think i've ever i don't need dialogue i literally don't when i watch these scenes and what's so crazy is i guess i just assumed a lot of this was cgi and Mm -hmm. it's not the walls they built this stuff man they built it I'm so impressed. No, bro. <laughs> I'm not even gonna. The little, the little cubey thing that comes across the open space is real. It looks real though. That looks real. I, I kind of suspected that that was real, but I don't not. I don't see how those walls could be real. They're real. That's crazy to me. I'm telling you, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna be so angry if they don't get Emmy love. I'm Dang. just gonna be furious. But anyway, I get mad about things like that. Okay, so. Katie comes across and she goes into the projection room with Forrest and it kind of lingers, the the picture lingers on that for a second and then it edits to back to Lily's bedroom. Mm-hmm. She's traumatized, clearly, obviously, for <laughs> yeah. many reasons. Um, and, you know, Pete is trying to get... There's, oh, there's, there's only breathing. 
There's only breathing. Pete's breathing, she's breathing, Jamie's dead, <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> he's got to explain to her, like, okay, I, we need to talk. Mm-hmm. Go sit on the couch, we've got to talk about all of this. So he gets her to go sit on the couch. He's a he, tall man. He covers up Kenton's body, he goes and gets Jamie's body, he drags it into the bedroom. His hands are out to the I side. I know, his hands are out like Jesus' um, hands. Mm-hmm. Like, not like yeah, crucifixion, look at that, look at that, look at that, look at but that. like look at the wounds in my mm-hmm. palms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pose. Yeah. yeah. Totally weird. Mm-hmm. What is that about? He also so opens strange. the doors. He opens the doors. <laughs> he pulls Jamie's body in. He fully closes the doors. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. I- iconic. I-, I know everyone's like big freaking deal, but I'm like, thank God someone closed the doors. Right. Fully. Okay. So he starts to explain to her what's going to happen, that he can fully walk away from this because this is his job, basically. He was told to watch Sergey, and after Sergey died, he was told, and help him, he was told to watch Lily after Sergey died, but it was his choice to help her. He was, that was not part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but he likes genuinely cares about her and likes her and it was his personal choice Mm -hmm. and feelings that had made him help her amazing which is lovely Mm -hmm. Um, pete's the man man. he is the man and he i don't think it's an accident that they have his silhouette basically the same as forests same hair growth same beard sure but opposite obviously because Mm -hmm. he's like i am going to change the way this is going to go and i'm going to step in and save her true true uh so that's a nice little juxtaposition but most interestingly what he says is you know i can i'm gonna leave and you're i'm gonna disappear that's just part of my job Mm -hmm. but you though you can't do that you have a couple choices you can go to the CIA, but you're going to get pulled into their world and interrogated and processed for God knows how long. Or you can run away um, to Hong Kong. They don't have extradition there. Your mom lives there. That is my advice to you. Go the F to Hong Kong right now. Mm-hmm. Do not pass go. Just go. <laughs> Just go right now. But he says, and this is, but this works on both the level of what he's talking about and also on a level of theoretically what is going on in the show. Yep. The most important thing is you understand the life you once had is gone. Yeah. The choice you have is about the life you have next. It's cool. And he leaves. Yep. <laughs> Just peace. <laughs> so he's saying like logistically in the situation they're in right now like he knows nothing you know about what's going on at devs or anything yep. assume assuming he doesn't know anything nope. he's just like well, sergey's purpose was to find out what's going on at devs well i know but yeah. i mean like he doesn't know right now what's going on yeah yeah but like, he's still speaking the, the situation truth. that she's in where she's being told she's going to devs and she's like no i'm not and he now he's telling her like your life is over as you knew it, just forget it. Mm-hmm. You have a choice to make. So that's very interesting that that works both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, that's called good writing. Yeah. Yeah, Excellent. dude. 
very good writing. The writing of this show is so good. It's so good. <laughs> um, okay, so... Yeah, Lily does some good acting in this scene, too. They're both really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that actor is that plays Pete, but... Yeah, he's, dude, Pete. He's been... He's been misleading A plus for this entire series. Like, you totally buy him as a homeless guy, and right now you totally buy him as a a Russian operative. Like, mm-hmm. there's literally, you, there's never a moment when you are like, nope, don't believe you. Um, okay, so he leaves. She just basically collapses on the couch. Um, so then we cut back to the Dove's projection room, and we see the woman from the montage earlier making cave paintings and Katie starts asking for us like what are we watching and he's like oh uh I've been watching this woman and this is a cave painting system in France Mm -hmm. which um is a thing a real thing and he she asks how long ago and he says 30,000 years ago Mm. there it is yep and then (laughs) she says something about or he, he asked her, was, did you see Stuart? And she says, yeah. <laughs> He's out there quoting Shakespeare or something. Oh, yes. And Forrest says, oh, so that's who that was. Um, They're both so... They're I- I- idiots. So smart, but also so stupid. Mm-hmm. In the ways that Stuart cannot stand. Yep. Um. So interestingly, when we see the people in the cave, there is some water there, and we see their reflections. Mm-hmm as well inside this cave cool um and he's saying um these are homo sapiens they're the same species as we are then that he's been he's found this quote-unquote little girl and with a dog Mm -hmm. and she's like that's nice (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i just want to say like i wonder if that's any in any way uh, connected to the fact that one of those throat singing songs was a song about a dog. Remember how I told you? Pavlov. I yelled Pavlov oh, into the mic. Oh, that's true. You just screamed Pavlov <laughs> and scare everyone. Um, so maybe that's it. But that's a connection. I don't know. All connections matter but to me. But Stuart starts to talk about, you know, he's watched her for a while. She had five children. She dies in her 30s. Interesting. And how these people, her people, our people lived in caves for millennia mm-hmm. not for hundreds of years for 5,000 years mm-hmm. in the same place chilling the same images painting the same images and how could nothing have changed in so much time mm-hmm. when I was a kid the world changed every few years these days it changes every few months hours That's facts. ain't that facts ain't that we the are truth? living that right now ain't that the truth the world though. has completely changed since February Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. It, this hits on a whole new level. Yeah. But he says such accelerations, and she says maybe it stops tonight. And he asks her um, if when is Lily gonna get there, and she says Lily she's leaving in her apartment in about ten minutes. And he asks her, so what do what are we gonna do? What do we do? Cause knowing that Katie has watched mm-hmm. this day many times. Has forced not? No, he has. He has. Well, I guess he hasn't because he asks her, what are we going to do? Maybe he hasn't watched it as much as we think he has. Maybe it's her that's been watching it so much and she's just telling him. Mm. What that would make sense, happen. I guess. That would make, he is the entrepreneur. You know, he doesn't really care. He just thinks it's cool. It's <laughs> you know? a weird, it's a weird, like, because I've been assuming, like, like we were assuming 
we were assuming last week that when he was talking to Jamie on the porch, mm-hmm. that he knew what was going to happen to him. Right. Maybe he didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly, I, I don't think it's very relevant. If we're if we're concerning if we're not concerning ourselves with the chicken or the egg thing, then we shouldn't concern ourselves with this. I kind of want to know what he knew and what he didn't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I think it's interesting because that really does definitely is interesting. But it alleviates her from like moral choices because she thinks she can't change anything, Mm -hmm. and maybe it alleviates it. It eliminates his moral obligation too because he's not even watching it that would make sense so you, I don't know. you really don't think Forrest is a bad guy <laughs> i i struggle <laughs> with calling him a bad guy for sure i just don't know yes he is a bad guy but also maybe he's not such a bad guy like i know i feel you I think that's what this show is trying to make you feel. I think it's trying it's to make the you... the classic, you know, protagonist or antagonist. I'm thing. just saying, it's. Cool I think approach, it's though. one of its purposes is trying to make you deal with that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a paradox, man. L- listen, bro. I know. If I gotta say it again, <laughs> the paradoxes, man. That's what this show is about. Dude. Okay, let me, let me ask you it's this. It's cool. Remember when they're watching a projection... It was still a fuzzy projection, so you couldn't see who the body was. Mm-hmm. Did they yep. see? Was that Jamie's murder? No. That was Lily. It was Lily. You sure? Yeah. Because now I don't remember. No, I am positive. I'm absolutely positive. Well, I know they've watched Lily as well, but I'm trying to... F- no, it's not. It's Lily, dude. It's Okay, I'm yeah. gonna have to make sure about that. Both of them are Lily. Because I don't know twice. why I'm thinking they actually watched a, a projection of him dying. Also, maybe I'm wrong. I think after watching this episode, we thought it was him. That's what happened. No, but you can tell the one that's Lily. You can tell that it's Lily. Like you just can tell that it's not Jamie. The first one is Lily. I'm gonna go back and I just need to like be sure. Okay, before I decide that Forrest isn't a terrible person. All right. <laughs> Okay, so um, anyway, he says, what do we do? And she says, we watch dinosaurs. You make a joke about it not being as good as Jurassic Park. Did he say that? Then we end up watching some of your old home movies. That's lit, man, that he says that. (laughs) But that's sad because they just end up watching more of Maya. Oh, okay. Um, And then Forrest actually touches her face very tenderly, and he definitely has feelings for her. Mm. All right, so it edits to Lily laying on the couch, of course, on her side There's... with half of her face showing. Hold on, hold on. What? There's breathing here. Oh, yes, there is breathing in this part, too. This breathing noise what that the heck is it, man? permeates this it's episode. It's weird. It's really relaxing. It's I don't know. It, I think you're you're right calling out a 2001 nod. Oh, yeah, also... it definitely is. But it's don't very either. much quieter breathing. In 2001, 2001? very loud. No, 2001. Uh, no, loud. this this breathing is pretty loud to me. It's, it's very noticeable. nowhere near as loud as Dave. Like no, maybe yet. not. I can't remember off the top of my head, but sure. All right, so Lily is not looking good. She's laying on her couch, very distressed. Still, obviously, mm-hmm. um, you see half her face again. This is interesting. So you see her blurry in the background through the sl- vertical slats of her chair. <laughs> yep. 
Yep. Then she walks around her coffee table and they show us the round candle votives, which are also the round made of glass. What? So they're what is that? The that? candle holders. They're round oh, and they're made of voter or whatever. votives. Those are votives. Oh, that's a thing. Okay. Then we see a plant that has fronds like a tree. So we've seen lines, straight lines, a round glass candle holder, and a tree-like plant frond. Just in that three seconds yep. of film. Interesting. That those were the choices. True. Um, so we've seen a perfect circle that's transparent, straight lines, and a branching mini worlds like fern frond. Yes. <laughs> frond. So sadly she Also the lighting is different here. She goes into her bedroom where You notice the lighting is different here? It's yeah. very more cream. It's, it's more... not nearly as backlit anymore. Nah. She nah. goes to the window in her bedroom, shuts the the window mm -hmm. and this is all very slow and robotic mm -hmm. he's obviously in shock um this is creepy af it's um that's cool i love that kenton's face like half his face again wrapped in, in like a shroud you know of the blanket that pete put over him and you just see the one eye mm -hmm. sticking out creepy she goes to her nightstand she gets her passport and then um she goes over to jamie's body and hurt um, the boy man uh you know she's clearly like okay i'm gonna t i'm gonna do what pete told me to do i'm gonna go to hong kong but then she sees his body and she just cannot yeah. mm -hmm. she kneels down and she's like holding his hand and touching his face and then you see her pick up the gun which is still laying on the floor mm -hmm. yeah um that cuts to her driving and then uh, you know our our aerial shot of her long, long night lit up street that we've seen many, many, many times. Oh, oh hold on. I, I honestly don't remember visuals off the top of my head. Oh, and we get this music again. Oh, I like this music. What is the music? Now we have a name for it. It's called Plain Song. Oh. It's on the soundtrack. Plain oh. Song parts one, two, and three. I think this one's one. It's the is... one with the string motive. That's really oh, okay. cool. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I love this one, man. Cool. Um, that's one with all the intervals, and then there's like an unexpected interval. Mm-hmm. Picardy third. Picardy or no, it's not a Picardy third. It's uh, it's different. It's not anything like that. But you have like major intervals combined with minor intervals. It's weird. It's weird. Anyway, we literally like can see her mind changing as she picks up the gun and is like, "Yeah, I'm not going to Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. I got something else I got to do." Yeah. Um. So anyway, we see her driving off, and then um, scary Colossus Amaya, who we haven't seen in a while. <gasps> really? Yeah, like with she... the moon behind her, looking Ooh. creepy at night. Cool. Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh, yeah, the road shot. That's yeah. a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, we always see that really long street. Yeah. And then... A windy street. The Basically the freeway of her, you know, and then she's coming around the corner to Amaya, the company, and then in a second we're going to see creepy Amaya. There we go. Yeah, she creepy. And then it then there's like the moon is making a halo Ooh. effect around Amaya's head and it cuts straight this part. to Lily in the forest with the halo lights around the trees. 
Yeah. Cut straight to her with the light halo around her head. Fire visual. So nice. Fire, dude. Um, so she is doing exactly what she Katie told her in. she would do. Yep. And we see a scene of the security guys, you know, saying like, uh, we have this person. Who is this? And then um someone tells him, Oh, you know, the boss said fine. Oh yeah, and they say she's code green. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Um, and, but that Forrest said to let her through, so they are letting her through. Mm-hmm. And we see her walking through all the trees with all the halos and through the path and up through the gold posts outside the building. And Oh, I love this part, dude. I love when he finds Stuart and they have like this brief interaction. Yeah. But I love this interaction. So she walks. Oh, dude. She's walking very slowly, but purposeful. The music's cool here, too. Um, different, actually. Different music here. She's kind of looking around like, what is this yeah. place? And the floor, you know, the ground's all lit up, too, with And the gold black lights. monoliths, kind of. It's creepy at night, man. It's very cool. So she's, then she walks up to the doorway, which is a big box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> square. Big square. And she comes in the door and immediately sees Stuart still standing in the same place by the rose window. An absolute chief. Do you think he knows that Lyndon's dead? Man, I don't know. I kind of hope not. Hmm. That breaks my heart. Yeah. But you're right. He is like the 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 ferryman basically. Yep. Yeah, literally. I mean, yeah, he doesn't go with her. Leading. The, but yeah on the river sticks like mm-hmm. the little thing that crosses the void is the boat oh yeah and he's like i don't know you yeah i don't know you it's so interesting it's so stylized dude just this is like new you know what i mean so many times Refreshing. they talk about knowing people and knowing this and knowing that and, his and first, he's just like i don't know you <laughs> first words he says to her i don't know you yeah what's your name uh, and he's just like, you seem like a nice young girl. <laughs> yeah. This place will not be good for you. Yeah, I'd peace. turn around if I were you. Like, he's so the, um, I can't remember what I'm trying to say. The trope that he plays? He's just the warning. Like, he's the, he's trying, like an oracle. That's what I'm trying to oh, think Oh, yeah. Like, That's what it is. This place will not be good for you i'd turn around and leave if i were you and she just says i don't think i can Hmm. he says well if you can't you can't and that's it right oh no he does say that way he let he buzzes her in because she can't get in without somebody else's id or whatever Mm -hmm. he buzzes her in dude what like you just said, don't go in there. And she's like, but, but I he have said to. it's the truth. Like if you can't, you can't. You know. I guess so. That's th- that's what this show is. It's all about like you can't change it. You can't it's, change your it's destiny. It's gonna happen. Which is also um, honestly so he depressing. Why is Alex says, Garland trying to make some depressing shows, man? He said, so, "Oh, that's such a pretty shot of all oh, the, the shots windows. are pretty." Yeah. And here comes the little box that she has to get into the plane song's still going by the way and it's with the bases now all it's the not doors, high strings it's all bases. the doors are opening and there's just a box and a box and a box and a box behind her mm-hmm. repeating box mm-hmm. 
and she she he says that way mm-hmm. <laughs> she gets on the elevator i keep wanting to call it an elevator definitely not um and that's it oh that's it oh, the damn. doors close oh yeah we get this vocal thing and the throat <laughs> singing kicks in again <laughs> yeah so interesting that they use the throat singing yeah all right weird. all right that's episode seven that's a wrap we got one more Bars. yeah episode it's pretty cool and i'll tell i'll tell you i haven't watched the finale since it aired neither have i so i'm so. actually looking super forward to a lot of these actually i haven't watched i that hadn't watched since it aired i hadn't watched them until we had to to so i could take notes for the show right which I think has been really good for me because the less I see it, the more refreshing it is to watch. It yeah, again. yeah. Like it things, becomes less of an insanity. Things <laughs> jump out at me. Yeah. This way, I think better. Definitely. But anyway, that's the pen. The end of the penultimate episode. Of devs. Of devs. But not of decoding <laughs> devs. Next week will be the penultimate episode of decoding devs. Yeah. You're not confused by that. Right. Um, that one's a big one. That one's a big episode, man. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm honestly tired. There's going to be a lot of... Well, actually, I don't know. No, I'm we're... talking about this one that we just did. Oh, yeah. There's yes. a lot there, man. This one was huge. Yeah. So much stuff going on. Next week, we get more poetry. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. True. Oh, much, much, much more poetry. Dude. So cool. Much okay. more f- uh, philo- philosoph- philosophy. Sorry, I can't even talk. Philosophy. I'm falling apart. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, um... Yeah. Anything else to say before um, we leave? I'll take that as a no. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't um, think so. Sorry, okay, I was actually then. I was trying to think. I was trying to think of something. Uh we do not have a Twitter handle or anything for this podcast. However, nope. we do have another podcast called Unknown Regents Podcast. Um, well, in theory, we have another podcast. We <laughs> no. published anything. We have many episodes on in that. In over thing. a month. We have put in literal days worth of hours I guess, into that podcast. Because of Decoding Does, we've kind of dropped the ball on Unknown Regions. But if you want to find me on Twitter, um, you can do so at Unknown Reach Pod or at my personal Twitter handle, which is at Frey Adjacent. And Colin has a personal Instagram account. It's at Colin underscore MJ underscore Whitlick. We are both have personal accounts on Facebook as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think that wraps up episode seven of Decoding Devs. We will see you next time when we will talk about episode eight of the finale.